This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Ball Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like Working Class Bow Hunter. It's really, really not that good. Guys, we're going to get into the podcast here in, a, in just a bit. Want to get some things out of the way. Uh, Working Class Bowhunter is always brought to you by Scent Crusher, the leading company in ozone technology <laughs> dude, just listen to leading. Dude, we've done this 312 times and watched you stumble <laughs> yeah. through it i'm like oh my god dude, you put me on the spot hey we have a guest in studio we do let's be courteous here uh podcast presented by scent crusher hha sports see i have a cheat sheet here north american whitetail <laughs> championship also wcb 15 save yourself some money hha sports north american whitetail championship if you want to enter on that you get a free tacticam package of goodies um wcb 25 elite archery in big time, also combination Boom. creative. That was simple and quick, but uh, but somehow I managed to mess it up. Story I just life. did it better than you. That's all. <laughs> oh, so I didn't mess up. You just what, did it better. All right, I new? appreciate that. What's yeah. new? You, you you messed up for what? How you should have performed probably for the first sponsor, the, the number one sponsor that we plug every time. <laughs> My bad. I, I was waiting on you. I apologize. No excuses. Let's get to our guest, then a veteran shout out. We should. We have Johnny Utah, aka. 
Well, Johnny Mulligan, a.k.a. Johnny Utah. I know you there as Johnny you Utah because that's where I see your name all the right, time right. on Instagram. No, I get um, – every once in a while I even get the emails like the – um, what is it, like the Ponzi schemes or something? You know, your great uncle passed away, uh, and you're the heir to the throne in like Dubai or whatever. And <laughs> awesome, you know. And it's always addressed to Mr. Utah, and I'm like, hey, that's, yeah, apparently that's not. That's kind of awesome. Well, yeah. it's it's got a ring. And then when I first met you, I had that like, oh, Johnny Utah. And then I was like, I wonder. What that's how that? we got to introduce him as was yeah. Johnny Utah. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. So I guess we're starting there. But um, yeah. <laughs> but you got a veteran shout out. I do actually. Uh, this vet shout out is uh, is going to be sent in from a good ba- buddy of ours, Kevin Dye. Um, the veteran's name is Alan, and I uh, don't want to butcher his name, but Van Tetten. Van Tetten. Um, looks weird. He was a Marine. Um, Kevin sent this in. He said, I'm asking you guys to shout out my former boss, Al. He recently passed away from a motorcycle accident. Yeah, he was a sniper in the Marine Corps and a member of the Legacy Vet Motorcycle Club. And he was also an excellent mechanic. And uh, and he was a pretty straight-up boss. Unfortunately, uh, he's not going to be able to hear this, but, you know, the guy put the uh, ultimate sacrifice out there, signed that blank check, and um, he just wanted to thank, uh, thank him for all the freedoms that all our servicemen and women can put first. And, unfortunately, Al did recently pass away, so we thank him for his service, and uh, we appreciate the passing of such a good man. But, um, you know, wherever you are right now, Thank you for the freedoms you provided while you were still around. You thought about us before you thought of yourself. So we appreciate that dearly. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And thanks, Kevin, for submitting that. Yes, sir. I I think we're ready to rock, man. Thanks for coming to the show. Thanks for coming to the studio. We're already sweating. We need to add that it's... 95 degrees outside right now i'm wearing shorts it's and warm. i should not be yeah we <laughs> need to like turn the, the crank the volume on that fan once tank hit that button this is a working class bow hunter studio we're gonna see if that starts picking up on the mic we'll just cut it down <laughs> Dude, i pretty good right I now. feel that already do you really oh yeah i just felt that that's my heavy i don't think anyone's gonna feel it <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so yeah i mean you you're not that far from us no but you made a trip to mr dequisto's yeah and then just hit us on the way back and it worked out. Yeah, it worked out perfect, man. Kind of makes um, I actually went the kind of the farthest distance, and now I'm kind of <laughs> working my way back, to, you know, back home. Right, a gi- uh, giant loop for you. Yeah, yeah, big loop. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> but it works go. out. It, it, you know, it was good. I wanted to come up here, and um, you know, once we I got introduced to you guys, I'm like, I like these guys. These are rad. These are like these are my people. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, we were gonna podcast over the phone. You're like, dude, I'll just come there. Yeah, like it'll yeah. be way better. Oh, I'm like, it always is. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree because it's just better in person. Uh-huh. We get to hang out longer before and after the show. It yep. just makes for a better time. Yep. And I wish we had the money to fly people in. And like, oh, dude, you know what I mean? Awesome. That would yeah. be the dream, right? To have everyone that you've ever had on the phone. Just, oh, yeah. Just fly in next week, like yeah. Rogan or something. Yeah. You know? yeah. We're going to buy an airplane someday. Yeah. We're going to shoot that techno techno archery yeah. know, screen. Oh, yeah. See, that's <laughs> what I want to do, except we'll just be, we'll be the guys that just have bush light around. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and we're shooting a hay bale outside. That's right. I don't think they sell bush light in California. Maybe they do. I don't know. I don't know. I'm down to it, man. You can't get it in Missouri some places. Yep. Dude, that's rough. You can't get you it can't. in Indiana. Dude, I was at a wedding in, in St. Yeah. Louis, and I was like, hey, you got Bush Light? They're like, we got Bud Light. I'm like, Bush Light? What are you, from Iowa? Maybe. 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 <laughs> Might be. Well, close well, enough. Yeah. Hell, we were in Indianapolis for ATA a couple of years mm, ago. Yep. We tried to order Bush Light yep. at the bar. They're like, Pfft. They looked at us like they never even heard what it was. Like, are you white trash? Like, yeah, I am. Yeah, <laughs> then we got to... <laughs> Go to Ohio. Yes. You can kind of get bush light there, but they're always shoving this yingling bullshit. Down hey, P- yingling's yeah. on top. I know, Johnny, you have shitty internet. Well, you got internet now. Now I do. Yeah. They uh, are supporting Trump, so everyone's freaking out about yingling now. Ooh. That's a, that's a bold move. Bold. bold Very bold. Uh, 
there's a landscape show that I do down in Louisville, you know, same place that we, mm-hmm. you know, go to a lot for the ATAs. But yeah. um, I got invited to this private open bar deal at PBR. And oh, yeah. I, I yeah. go in there and, and the guy's like, it's it's open bar. So I'm like, bourbon. And he goes, no, no, no. It's like beer open bar, dude. So I said, <laughs> all right, uh, give me a bush light. And he kind of looks at me and kind of. <laughs> he sighs or whatever. They have it and, though. And then he goes under the bar. Yep. Opens up one of the little like dorm refrigerators, and he gives me a silo. Yep. Cracks um. it open, and hands it to me. So then I go back to the bar, you know, table that I was sitting at with my friends, and they're like, "Dude, that is straight up gangster." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And they're like, "You went outside across the street to CVS, bought a silo, and brought it back <laughs> into PBR." I'm like, "No, no, that's what they gave me at the no, bar. This like, is the hidden kit. Yeah, this yeah. is the hidden kit. That's awesome." Once so. Worked out pretty good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what the deal with that. The Yingling stuff is getting shoved down our throat, but, uh, you know, Bushlight is uh, Bushlight's all right with me. It, it is. It is. It, you know. It's a great. I messed up. I, plug, I had something unplugged. I plugged it in. It stopped our recording. We're talking about uh, <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> you going to CVS and getting a Bushlight. Oh, oh, gotcha. We're good on video. This will just be a little cutout. We're catching up. Sorry, <laughs> guys. Yeah, uh, you get the damn. Working video. class again. Yet again. We have a guest in studio, so we're fucking up. Why not? Yeah, why not? We're <laughs> If he was on the phone, everything would be perfect. But since yeah. you're here, right, right, carry on, carry on. I don't you, know where you guys you were, were at. I, I spaced at? out for no, a second. No, you were at a bar in Iowa. The first oh yeah, bar yeah, you yeah. Bar, bar in Iowa. So I go in and I say, well, you know what? What bourbons do you have? And she's like, Well, we have Jim Beam. And I said, No, no, no I said bourbon. And she goes, <laughs> Well, that that's bourbon. And I went, No, sweetheart, that's that's whiskey. And so she goes, What's the difference? And I said, I'm from Kentucky, and that's the difference. Do you have any bourbon? <laughs> and she goes, You're not from around here. And I said. No, 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 I'm not. And she's like, well, this is just kind of a beer joint. So canned beer is your choices. I'm like, eh, Bush Light? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I yeah. like when you went to the yeah. open bar, how you were like bourbon, and then you went from the top to just oh, yeah. right yeah. back down. Right, right down to the college fridge yeah. in the bottom. <laughs> it was like start at Pappy Van Winkle and then finish up at Bush Light. <laughs> <laughs> You're our kind of people, man. Hey, yeah. kind of hey pe- check this out. I'm a, uh, I'm a uh, rye whiskey guy. Okay. Okay. You no, you're not. Yeah. 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 No, you're not. Um, I'm yeah. not a whiskey guy. Pendleton. Uh, no, not Pendleton. Um, Alberta Rye. I like yeah. Um, a lot. And and I butcher it, and, and I should do better. Like, is it Bullet Bourbon or Bullet or Bullet? I think it's yeah, Bullet. Yeah. Bullet. Um, That's what I, I've heard. I always. I called. was in a. I was in a little. Um, a tiny little bar back home. I'm sorry, bar carry out liquor store, and this guy comes in real nonchalant, and he's asking a lot of questions about like, so do you sell much rye whiskey here and. He's talking to the guy, and we kind of converse back and forth, and the guy gets ready to leave. He's like, well, I appreciate your all's time. And I'm thinking, this is really kind of weird. You know, I'm hanging out with my buddy that owns this liquor store, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, random people just walk in and ask you how much bourbon you sell or whiskey or whatever. Right. And I said, hey, partner. And now this is when I was still back in my old career. And um, so I I held out my hand. I said, I didn't (laughs) didn't catch your name. I thought, maybe this guy's casing the joint, right? Uh So I'm like, I didn't catch your name. He's like, Jim Boulay. Oh, uh, master brewer Jim Boulay, like bullet bourbon. That's you. Uh-huh. So now at home, I have a bottle um, that he took a sharpie and he signed and he wrote no to shit. the coolest cop I ever met. No nice. way. Yeah. Nice. That's okay, so awesome. now, now that's a perfect segue you into go. who you yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So give us the background on you, what you do, where you came from, and then we'll get into the story on, yeah. on yep. Johnny Utah. Um, oh, by the way, this is episode 312 with Johnny Utah, in case you didn't pick that one up. 312. 
Three twelve. We're at sixteen hundred bucks. Slayer Place, beautiful Buckatorium, lovely Sherrod, Illinois. Continue. <laughs> we, we haven't so, had someone this cool in the studio since Cody DeQuisto, so our apologies. <laughs> oh yeah, little... yeah, hey, we're not used to getting cool guy a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, right. you see, like, look at this crew. Dude. All... We don't hang out with cool people. No. A lot. We're all giddy <laughs> and, and, and that shit. was twelve episodes ago, so we're getting a little rusty. Yeah. So apologize yeah. on that. <laughs> As I'm like sending Kurt messages like once a week, I'm like, hey, dude, can I please come on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Please, Kurt. You know, Steve's really cool. Can I sit next to him when I'm yeah. on the show? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, you for sure. Can. Tell him not to shower before he gets on. Which, by the way, if I stink, man, I took a quick shower and I might not have washed so well. So. Hey, it's all good. That's all right. Work, working class. You got to work through st- us and Steve when we get off topic. So, <laughs> Jesus. Give, give us your story. Yeah, okay, let's, let's hear Johnny Utah. <clears throat> so, um, grew up in Lexington, Kentucky, Jesmond County, Kentucky is basically dead center, central Kentucky, and um, did a little farming, you know, with the old man and mm-hmm. stuff, and. Uh, didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up, uh, but I knew I didn't want to be a plumber and take over the family business. <laughs> right. Uh, cause my dad now, he just, you know, like typical father, son, yeah, just battled. Yeah. So, um, I ended up going to school for horticulture and that's what I wanted to do was dirt, soil, grass, trees. Like that was kind mm-hmm. of my thing, landscaping. And, um, so I got into doing that and then very quickly got burned out. Yeah. And one of my neighbors back in Lexington after college, um, he was an undercover narc guy uh, with Lexington Metro, and he just had, like, cool stories, like, all the time. And, I, and he's like, dude, he's like, you never talk about your job. I'm like, I planted 27 white pines today. So uh, <laughs> tell me about kicking in that door and buying a kilo. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, man, the uh, the furniture he pulled out in AK was nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he just had, like, movie stories, you know. And so it was pretty awesome. So very, you know, like, naive of me, I'm like, I want to go do that because – that's what I see on TV. So that's what must all policing must be like. It's just running around like cops and robbers, you know, yeah, shooting right. people, right? So I remember I came home one day and I told my wife, I said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go be a cop." Mm-hmm. And she goes, "Oh, I've got news for you too." I'm like, "Oh, what's that?" And she's like, "I'm pregnant with number one." Mm. And I'm like, "Oh, wow, we got a lot of changes going on." So <laughs> that's um, awesome. I didn't know that policing was something I was going to do forever. I, to be totally honest. I thought I was going to do it for like two or three years because mm-hmm. I do like to learn new stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, man, think of all the training and the tactics and the driving and just learning legal and law. Like, that's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, so that's what I thought I was going to do. Like, just get in, have the experiences and get out? Yeah, literally. I wanted to do it for like two or three years. That's a cool mindset. It's, that's not a common mindset. No. It's not, no. it's not at all. No. and it's not. It's not common. Yeah, because people are scared to do that type of shit, you know? Like, yeah. To think like, oh, I'm just going to do that for a couple of years and then I'll go do whatever after that the mindset is yeah. i am gonna have this job till i retire yeah it is yeah. it's an american it mindset do you yeah. read a lot then um no i'm actually uh i'm literate i'm <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. books give me anger issues yeah. that's why i got kicked off of police yes yeah. i'm so <laughs> bad guys rights and beat them i <laughs> all kidding. i do is i look at <laughs> magazines and i start at the back of a magazine for whatever reason and i always flip from the back to the front and i just look at pictures are um, you uh are you fair. hebrew no okay. just you know i don't so, know that's how you read. Yeah. Yep. I no. got that. Yeah, thank <laughs> okay. you, I'm glad you got that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had no idea what the hell you're talking about. But so I, I get, in, get into police work, and I hadn't been in it very long at all. Um, and a position comes open. There's a like a federally funded drug task force that was operating in northern Kentucky, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, that would be so awesome. Like, that's why I got into this job, right? Um, so I'm still still technically in my training phase. And um, the field training officer is like, hey, dude, you've got to make a couple of stops every night. i got to evaluate you. So I pull over this cat, 
and you just get that feeling something's not right. Fast forward about 30 minutes later, the dog's barking, and there's 312 <laughs> pounds of marijuana in the car. 312? <clears throat> 312. How much you weigh, Steve? Uh, 204, uh, 235 right now. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, it puts it in perspective. So <laughs> copious amounts, you know? So more than Steve. Yeah. And so there's a fat shit ton of marijuana back there. Like a ridiculous amount. And um, so it just so happened that when that ha- when that came up, like two weeks later is when they posted the position that they were accepting applications for this thing. And I thought, like, how can they tell me no? Like, I'm coming off a record bus, like the yeah. county record, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. I ended up getting the spot and went into this undercover unit. And I'm like, now this is cool. Now I could probably ride out my career doing this. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Every day, you know, fake name, using informants, you know. Uh, no way, man. Did you, like, yeah. grow your hair out and get a long, oh, yeah. long beard and all the crazy shit? Did you have tattoos then? Um, I had a couple. I had, like, two or three. Because um, pro- those probably would have helped you. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it helped me. And, and I did get a lot more while I was in the unit. But I remember the first day I walked into um, into the unit and the director's like, hey, um, just so we're clear, uh, we buy – meth and heroin here we don't buy steroids so <laughs> um it's like hey uh, uh fatten up yeah tight so, shirt well i basically like <laughs> literally lived off of like um a bag of funyuns and like a pepsi dude was you my had daily write, antique did you write oh, that really? off as a tax write-off because that's part of your uniform it, well, it was part of the uniform i'd looked the part you had to get out of shape to fit in yeah yeah so i ended up dropping like <laughs> 35 pounds, 40 pounds while I was in the unit, you know, uh-huh. and, and just kind of playing the part. Um, ton of fun. The training was awesome. Got to meet a lot of good dudes. Um, you know, got to work with some FBI guys, some DEA guys, ATF guys and stuff. Yeah. And, and that was like, again, that kind of goes back to why I got into it. I'm like, I want to learn all this cool stuff. Right? Yeah, For sure. Yeah. And it was, it was super fun. But um, my time was up there. I ended up going back to the road um, and then started landscaping again on the side. Which then, fast forward a few years, and I'm at the Ohio Deer and Turkey Show, and I come across uh, Wicked Tree Gear. And at that time, uh, Todd Prevence was the sole mm-hmm. owner, and mm-hmm. he had a handsaw. That's all he had. And I came up to him, and I'm like, dude, this is a landscape saw. He's like, landscape? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like, no, man, this is for hunters. I'm like, no, this is for landscapers. You know, mm-hmm. This is like farmers, you know, any right. kind of ag guys. So I bought a couple. And, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur and the wheels are turning, you know, and within 24 hours, I'm reaching out to him and I'm like, hey, um, you need me to sell saws for you. He's like, yeah, or whatever. So I yeah. buy like 50 <laughs> saws. I sell them in like two days. Uh-huh. I buy 100 more. I sell those like in a week and then I buy like 200 more. And he's like, OK. What in the hell are you doing? You <laughs> He's like, yeah, I, mean? like, I, I right. might need you. Yeah. Where in the yeah. hell are these songs Maybe going? I need you. Yeah. You're my number one sales guy that doesn't work for me. Exactly, and <laughs> and that's ba- and that's you know verbatim what he said. So I started seeing kind of the the potential in the business, um, and I said I, I need I got to have more skin in the game. So I want to buy part of the company from you. And um, at the time, actually, um, Dan Johnson, Nine Finger Dan, mm-hmm. he was actually working with Wicked as well, doing mm-hmm. sales. And um, I said, look, I, I want to buy part of the company. So Todd and I, we went back and forth, back and forth. Now, this whole time, I'd also been doing the White Knuckle web show and DVDs. Yeah. And that was my introduction. I, I didn't even own a video camera. You know, I remember one time Todd's like, hey, do you want to film your hunts? I'm like, yeah, dude, I don't masturbate in front of a mirror. 
<laughs> I don't. Oh, need, that's a. Uh, I don't need okay. to see my. You know what I'm I saying? Thought, I thought you were cool for a second. My bad. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and you know, again, if anybody does that, I'm not judging. I mean, you do what you do. You're right. That's you can right. make you can make money on that stuff. I'm just saying. Right. Right. I just. I'm Daddy's like, got to pay the bills. I'm like, you know, that's that's not me. Like when I go hunt, I want to go hunt. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. And um, I, I don't I don't need to film it. And he's like, just do it. I think you'll enjoy it. And I did film a hunt, and then I ended up shooting like a good buck on the ground. Right. You know, and and it was like one of the hardest things to do while self filming, or you know, yeah. yeah. And it was fun because then I got to go home, and I'm like, I get to watch it over and over. I'm like, to, you know, you call your buddies, hey, yeah. dude, check this out. Yeah, like, I can tell you about it, or I'll just hit play. Yeah, yeah. you know, come you over and check it. this shit out. Yeah, that's yep. badass. <laughs> so then I started like enjoying like the whole storytelling process. So then I really started getting into it, but I wasn't thinking anything about the industry side or working side. I just right. like telling stories, which like, is kind of right. cool, right? Nowadays, yeah. especially like you're just doing it to do it. Yeah, it you were having which, fun. Which, you were having fun. Which uh-huh. we still, that still happens, but it wasn't as, I guess it wasn't as weighing heavy on your thought process on filming your hunts. Though. Exactly. It was yep. a home video, essentially. Yep. Yep. So that was fun for me, um, but I was really, my mind was wicked, you mm-hmm. know, business side. Um, let's let's grow this company. So I ended up buying part of the company from Todd and like, I mean, maybe seven months later, we get a phone call and, and I get this call from San Antonio, Texas, and it's like... Um, John Mulligan, this is David Morris down here in South Texas. How you doing? <laughs> I'm like, damn it, Mr. Morris. And he's like, you know, and he's like, what? And I said, you sound just like you do on my television set. You know, <laughs> this might be the real David Morris, you know? Uh-huh. And he's like, are you familiar with me? I'm like, well, yeah. Like I've watched you and Bill dance like on Sunday and Saturday mornings, like for yeah. years, you know? So, um, we ended up selling Wicked to them, and then I ended up going to work for those guys oh, as cool. their director of marketing of all of their brands, like Tecamani Seed and Glacier Coolers. It's like a pretty sweet deal. So it was no fun. Shit, yeah. And I got to continue to design all the Wicked products and, you know, that kind of stuff and do do all their R&D. Perfect and, mixture, at all, just yeah. about, you know. A little, yeah. bit, little bit of everything. Yep. So um, then you start getting into – now I've been filming hunts for a little while. Um, I'd hooked up with Sitka – on their on their deal with their new whitetail pattern and um picked up my first dslr was Mm -hmm. really getting into photography and and Mm -hmm. really enjoying that and i'm not saying that i got thirsty in that sense other than you know it was just a natural evolution that i wanted to start evolving into like short films yeah and telling stories from not from a non-traditional sense you yeah know, right uh, of like a typical episode yeah mm-hmm. and um that's not the direction todd wanted to go so him and i split mm-hmm. and i started arrow wild and he stuck with you know white knuckle yeah so at, at this point now that you started arrow wild so it's kind of a wild story where is your wife at at this point yeah. with you because you're like hey look we got a kid on the way i want to be a cop yeah. now you're like you know i'm an owner of yeah some saw now it's like hey i want to hunt I'm the owner of some saws and now, yeah. yeah. Where is your Where is your wife at? Is she your number one supporter? Totally, absolutely. That's that's awesome. Well, at this point, she's probably like, "This is how you operate." (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She she knows. She knows I'm pretty impulsive. Yeah. Well, with a body like that, I mean, you know, she's got to let anything slide. (laughs) Just saying. Not with the Funyuns and Pepsi, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Did you you trim back down? Yeah. Once. Yeah. Once. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Then then I got to like go be you know try to go be meathead again or you know get back in shape. Um, but so during this whole process, she's just kind of like, whoa, you know, and now you add a couple more kids to the mix. And now we have three and oh. and um, so can I rock. don't mean to interrupt again, uh-huh. but how long from the 
the undercover narcotic deal where you're eating Funyuns and Pepsi uh-huh. to the web show, you know, with with White Knuckle uh-huh. and get on down with Tekamani. Like how long? How much time frame is from when you started that to there approximately? Just give give the people a little layout on time frame. Uh, so started policing in two thousand one. Okay, um, I was eleven. Un- undercover yeah, two thousand two, two thousand three is when mm-hmm. that started. Um, purchased into Wicked in like. 14 like a year okay. after oh, okay so you were in you were you had a career oh yeah and, and that, that yeah. was a long haul career yeah that two three year law enforcement stint like became 10 yeah. instantly and it, you know you, you know you get into those situations and you're like damn it i said i wasn't gonna be here but mm-hmm. like for two or yeah. three now i'm vested into the retirement plan right crap you know and it, whether it be like a union job or a factory job or you know public, well then it's just service. hard to leave at that point exactly yeah and it's hard like, to leave. Man. benefits and stuff yeah man. yep and you got kids and you know what i mean and then so, now you're starting to plant roots because you've bought a house you're in a neighborhood and you know it's tough on like for the kids side for sure know, well. so at this point when you're when you're leaving did you retire as a, as a cop I did 16 years, so um, I didn't awesome, lose man. all of my money, but I didn't get my full pension either. Gotcha. Right. Yep. But you have the three kids by that point? Yeah. Yep. It's a tough decision to make. Very, very. Damn, hey, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> big <laughs> risk making. has a big reward, man. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's – I've always been a risk taker. Like, my dad's a big gambler, mm-hmm. and I don't have the stones to pony up the way he gambles. It's a different type of gamble, right? You know, yep. it's – And I just – I've always done it more on what I feel strong about, like – if I have an idea and I'm like, I'm going to make this work. You know, there's a, there's an art in confidence, man. Whether yep. you're confident that you'll make that big gamble or you're confident enough that yep. your skill set will get you past where that gamble could. Yep. You yep. know, we're, well, the, we're the same way, man. My old man's a gambler, and yeah, you know, I was a job at the Arsenal, great pension, great uh-huh. retirement, and I left. Yeah. It's nerve wracking. It's nerve wracking as hell, but I yep. said, you know what? I'm going to be happier. Fuck it. Uh-huh. But you also know your own work ethic. It's easier to gamble on something you have confidence in. That's like true. pure confidence That's true. in. Because yep. you control your own destiny at that point. So, yep. Yep. But it is scary. Like Most people won't gamble on themselves like that. No. And no, I no. can feel myself wanting to make a gamble. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's just like push yourself for the gamble. Let's go. So I, do, I do have a, motivating. I do have a, and, you know, we, to Steve, you haven't really on, gambled no. much. But to touch on the last <laughs> episode, um, and then a conversation I had with a very good friend of mine. A very good friend of mine. Um, recently, I mean, a couple of years ago, he took a gamble, left a pretty good job, and is pursuing what he loves. He books like music events and stuff. He's a comedian, very good guy. Um, and he, we were having it, we we're having a drink, and he told me, he goes, "Dude, the best investment you can make is betting on yourself and succeeding." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. that shit got into my head, and I had such a great weekend. I'm like, "Dude, yes, I'm about it." And I had some terrible shit happen, but I'm like, "Dude." Just bet on yourself. I'm like, even if you're losing a little bit, you're still your overall gain is going to be yep. beneficial. And I think that's what you did. I mean, yep. you left a, a job. Yeah, it's dangerous as shit. I mean, mm-hmm. you could get shot by some dude, whatever. Oh but, yeah, dude, that'd be horrifying. But you know, you still had dealing with guys pension. that look like me, and then Steve <laughs> yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah, just these fat slobs are like, hey man, let me get like three kilos, bro. <laughs> a couple eight balls for my ladies, yeah. but. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they're looking for a little razzle dazzle, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little pick me up, yeah. yeah. But like you, yeah, you took that ultimate risk, and you were like, "Hey, you know what? You're gonna pursue a passion." Mm-hmm. Just from how you've talked to us, 
You've got that mindset. That's a beautiful thing to have. I would like to have it, but I am uh, scared. That's where you just say change. <laughs> That's where you just I'm say like, you just say fuck it. I'm going with it. Yeah. Hey, sometimes you, you just gotta say what well, the fuck. I mean, and you know, there would be times when I would do. Uh, we did four tens at the police department. Mm-hmm. So best um, schedule ever. Oh, I love it. Yeah, best it's so good. Um, but you know, like let's take a snapshot of when I had when I was landscaping and I was doing wicked and I was a cop during the winter. So I did snow removal. So I would clock out from the police department at 5 p.m., <laughs> get in a plow truck, plow snow all the way through the night, and then would use the police department shower to, like, change the next morning. So there'd be, like, four and five days where I did not sleep. Holy shit, Period. Were you, did you just, like, hallucinate random oh, parts during the day? Yeah, it was horrible. Like, <laughs> I had a couple of cop buddies that we would, you know, you know whenever you see the cops window to window in a parking lot? Oh, yeah. You do realize oh, yeah. they're just bullshitting, right? Oh, okay. for sure. Yeah. Okay. yeah, for sure. I roll around with a yeah. uh, brother-in-law. He's a county guy, so he goes <laughs> to every city and stuff and just, like, shooting the breeze. I'm like, hey, shouldn't you guys be out fighting crime? Yeah, eh, hold on. You got to hear what my wife did yesterday. Yeah, the <laughs> dispatch will call me if there's a problem. But, no shit. So we would pull up next to each other window to window, and I'd be like, hey, bro, I... I need 15. You know, you listen to the radio for me, and I would just... Oh, yeah. You know, I'm like, I got... I have to, like, just... Well, dude, that's yeah. exhausting. Doing Running like that is crazy, man. Yep. Then but, it takes a certain breed of human to be able to pull it off. Like, you got to sleep. It wears it wears on you. and But it was in that, like, this is what I have to do to make everything work, to keep everything on track, to try to build up a little equity so i can make do, ends, do more make things. ends meet yeah you know we yeah. got a growing family and you know it is what it is and you know there might be a new piece of equipment that i wanted to buy from the landscape yeah you're trying and you're trying yeah. to feed a hunting passion in the middle of this yes too. yeah and i'm Shit. trying to buy camera equipment and you know yeah and so in 2015 um like i said when sitka put together that new whitetail pattern um I'm like, man, Sitka does a lot of stuff with marketing and photography. Mm-hmm. I don't even own a camera. Like, I've got, like, a $500, like, handy cam that I film my hunts with. That's yep. it. Yeah. So, like, I go to Best Buy, and I buy my first DSLR. And so that was, I mean, that wasn't even, a, it wasn't even four years ago yet. And yeah. I had never owned a camera ever. And I'm like, okay, I just got to get good with this. Well, I didn't know anybody in the hunting industry. Right. You know what I mean? So. Right. I'm like, I guess I'll just teach myself. So went out there and just, you know what I mean? And I'm not a cocky person, but I'm a very confident person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a big difference. Yeah, Philly. That's why I say my Tinder profile. Yes, sir. Um, it doesn't work for him, but no, it sure as shit doesn't. Hey, he's rolling with it. Right Gamble now. on yourself, bro. That's right. <laughs> Dude, you don't want to see some of the winnings I've pulled. You got to go full tilt every once in a while. They're all losses. <laughs> Dude, for, man, I'm like, hey, can I just trade this this winning in for a buffet ticket? Come on now, this ain't even worth taking home. Yeah. Oh Dirty money. We just threw threw you off your rock. No. Right? You're like, yeah, cool. Yeah, no. Um, but and in, in basically, like I said, it just. I knew what I wanted to do, yeah. and I knew that, you know, I, if I wanted to get there, it was going to have to be on me. Yeah, sure. And I didn't want to depend on anybody. I didn't want to have to owe anybody any favors. And I'm a, I'm a really big person on. I don't ever want somebody to ever come back and say, "Well, the reason why he got that is because of me." Yeah. You um, wanted to. You want to earn it. On I want to earn it. So, exactly. and I remember that was one of the questions that came up on like the Sitka interview. Sure. For these positions, as they said, what's more important to you, like fame or? And I interrupted the guy and I said respect, and he's like, "It's a big well, deal." That really wasn't the second part of the question, but 
okay. You I think I know where you killed Yeah, I think I know where you're going with this. And I said, look, I could care less about fame, Insta fame, any of that bullshit. Like mm-hmm. that stuff comes and goes daily, as we've seen. Yeah. Whether you're doing a giveaway or you're the Insta famous person for the day, or you killed a lion named Calvin or whatever it is. <laughs> right, like, I get what you're saying. <laughs> but like when you're dead and gone. Like, I want to leave a legacy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I want people to go. Blaze a trail, man. That son of a bitch is one of the hardest working dudes. You wanted I've to be a met. hunter's hunter. Yes. You know, like the people that hunters well, look up to. And it's not just funny like, how you say that because, like, there was some old, like the old cops, like the hellfire and brimstone dudes, you know? <laughs> that still and, rock the flat top. Yeah. And they would tell me, like, they'd lift up the Ray-Bans as they're smoking, like, Benson and Hedges. And they'd be like, <laughs> you're a cop that was born way after the time. Like, right. you're a cop's cop. You would have fit in in, like, the 80s wearing, like, the nylon Ray jacket. You know oh, what I mean? shit. And I'm like, that meant a lot to me because yeah. I was like. You're like, fuck yeah. Yeah, that's when fuck men yes. were men. You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. Um, so. <laughs> And, and that's kind of the, the my people that back when I was at the police department, you know, some of the guys would be like, oh, yeah, you know, John's a cowboy. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? And they said, you don't call for backup, man. You just go handle your shit. You know? <laughs> and, we, awesome. and, and we like if you go to a call like we're not coming, getting called back. If it's a domestic, it's done. You yeah, know, we're not sure. coming back two days later, three days later, whatever. Yeah. So. I've always kind of been that way. And it's not because like I'm snobbish or I'm rude or I don't want to include people. Yeah. You can't blame anybody but yourself. That's Dude, right. you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to try and compare myself to you at any, any, any moment. I guess maybe on a Better little yourself, have confidence. Try to a little. Okay. I'll try. I'll try. Thank you. On a, on a little spectrum. I feel like I get what you're saying mm-hmm. about that. Like you're, you're a go getter. You're kind of, there's a little bit of hellfire. Like somebody fucks with you. All right, you're never gonna fuck with me again. Yep. And I feel like I have a little bit of that in me. Um, it, and I feel like at fault, it almost is like people are like, "Well, Kurt didn't did this." Or I hear this a lot through people, and especially because we're in the public eye with the podcast, like mm-hmm. we expose ourselves to like how we conversate. Sure. We, we don't give a fuck what we say usually. Yeah, you know, yeah. we tell people to fuck off before on the podcast, and it bring it opens up for people to hate on us and uh-huh. scrutiny and all this shit. But but I feel because we're that way and we defend ourselves. Like if someone says something bad about the show or like something we've done, it's like, well, why are you hating on us? Like all we've ever done has been just who we are, and we're showing you right. who we are. Yep. But I feel like there's a, because of that, it's backfired. I've been like, oh well, Kurt does this or doesn't do that or did this. And people are concerned like with what I'm doing, but I'm just trying to like build what we're doing here uh-huh. and. I don't give a fuck what you're doing. And and maybe right. I think that kind of relates in the little bit of the hellfire that yeah. there's certain people that are – and I'm not saying I'm like the most upfront go-getter because I'm not. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I want to be and I try to be, but um, – and you're, I, I picture you, – you're way above in that spectrum of where I'm looking that I want to be. Um, but I feel like it takes a certain attitude of people – and that are more open to being scrutinized. I don't really know where I'm going with this, but you get what I'm saying, kind of well, like no, totally. Because I'm on that path, I mean, for 16 you, years, not yeah, not yeah, yours, yeah. But I understand. But what everyone's you're saying. on their own yeah. path to that, right? Sure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, well, I mean, to your all's credit, like you said, I mean, you've never missed a week. 312 podcasts? You kidding me? That's an accomplishment. That takes dedication. Thanks, like, man. I know that it grinds. You know what I mean? And yeah. you guys are still rocking it. So, and and that was the other thing is. kind of how I wanted to come on here was because you guys are are so real and you just tell it like it is. And I'm like, man, in this day and age, in this industry, that's refreshing. And it's it's weird. And and I've always like struggled with this. Like we talk about this a lot, me, Eric and Steve and, and our whole like behind the scenes guys. It's weird that 
it's weird that we're that way. Mm-hmm. And it's uncommon still. I think it's changing. And I don't know. Maybe we had something to do with it. Maybe not. Maybe it's just the trend of way things are going and we're riding the wave with it. Yep. Um, but it still is weird. Uh-huh. It's still super weird, but we're still ourselves. Yeah, yeah exactly. Know, we're still ourselves. Well, but this is the majority that's, of people. That's, that's where I can thing. relate to John here because my old man always said, I can get you an iron working tomorrow. I go, yeah. I don't want you to give me an iron yeah. working. I'd yeah. rather go take the test myself uh-huh. and get myself in there. Everyone knows you're a badass worker, but right. I want to prove to them yeah. that I can work my ass off and be right there with you. Yep. It's yep. a lot of my, like life and hunting have a lot in common and we haven't talked a lot about hunting but I, i'm cool with that like we're gonna yeah, get to sure. the oh yeah we're but, getting there but life and hunting have a lot in common and and just mindset alone mm-hmm. and i you know physical aspects possibly you know for sure but mindset alone i think is a big thing like yep. what do you want to accomplish mm-hmm. in life and then if you want to kill a you want to kill a 125 inch pope and young buck mm-hmm. mentally you have to commit yourself whether you're hunting public or private or wherever you're at you have to commit mentally and make those goals and do the work 100%. to get there. That's the work. The 125 inch buck in the meat is the paycheck sure. for your hard work. Absolutely. So it's how are you going to get there? Yep. It's yeah, maybe this is stereotypical sounding, but there's a breakdown on how you get to your goal and life and hunting. And that's why I think bow hunting. Without bow hunting in my life, I don't know. I think I would be kind of a scumbag to be honest. I wouldn't like, have I anything to do. I don't know because yeah. I grew up hunting. Bow mm-hmm. hunting kept me disciplined in things. I know like. In order to kill a buck every year with my bow, I have to work hard. I have yep. to go. And there's times when I'm laying on the couch, and then I'm like, oh, I got to just go, and I'll mm-hmm. get up and go. And I feel like if I didn't have that motivator in my life, I don't know if I would be like the dude that has a good career right. and a good wife and a family if sure. it wasn't for bow hunting. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a, there's a lot of discipline that comes from bow hunting. Yeah. You know, you have to be disciplined in your pursuit to ultimately get your goal. Yeah. And I think there's just a lot of correlations to life in general. And yeah. um, back in 2016, my, my dad sold his plumbing business and he retired and he had this big, big retirement party. And it was, it was super rad because my old man loves like Hawaiian Caribbean, like steel drums and all that yeah. kind of crazy oh, shit. Yeah. So um, like a luau. Mm. So we're all there hanging out. And Billy Ocean shows up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Playing Caribbean Queen. Almost. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> so, so happy. Everybody's out there, and he has like a DJ, and the DJ's like, hey, are, are you are you Johnny's son? I said, yeah. And he goes, well, would you like to get up and say a few words about your dad's retirement or whatever? I'm like, yeah, you know, and sure. I've probably had a few too nah, many why not? to public to be in any public speaking Just know, like position. Tommy Boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I grabbed the mic, and I... So glad I didn't break into like Beastie Boys. Yeah, I did it like this. I yeah. did it like that. <laughs> did you have I was a solid more like uh, th- about what I was going to do in the mashed potatoes? But <laughs> did you have uh, a solid five minutes? No, I did. I did. So because I can it, write jokes for you next time your dad retires, <laughs> you start another business, dude. I well, will kill and it, it. And it worked out so cool because somebody I said, look, uh, you know, years ago, uh, I approached my dad and I said I, I want to make more money, and he simply told me you have to work more hours. For sure. So yeah. I did a short film in 2016 that was titled Work More Hours. And, and I ended up giving the speech about how I correlate um, what my dad taught me about work ethic. And you only have so many hours to make the most out of it. Yep. Um, there's no, like, you can waste a lot of time, like, trying to get rich or get ahead. But if you just bust your ass and focus and, and deal with your 24 hours a day, mm-hmm. not anybody else's, your 24 hours you can outwork your competition mm-hmm. and outwork yourself to a point and get where you want to be. Mm-hmm. So I have this whole tie about how I tie this into 
having a job and doing food plots and checking trail cameras, making time for the kids and making time for the wife and hunting and all that. And then I get done and I said, you know, and here I am, you know, 38 years old and I'm, I'm still trying to impress my dad and everybody's like waterfalls, you know what I mean? Everybody's bawling. (laughs) And my wife goes, you've been working on a short film idea. I think you just got it. Yeah. So I'm like, holy shit. So I had the script for my short film. and It's, it's called it, Please Love Me, Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Please Keep Me in the Wheel. Funny yeah. story. But funny story. Don't, uh, don't search out on uh, Search Hubs because you'll find some other videos. But it is on, it's, it's on Vimeo and, and YouTube and, and stuff. Um, but it's called Work More Hours. And it's just, you know, it's a three-minute short film and uh, heavy voiceover. But I talk about how I, I took, and like you were saying, you know, mm-hmm. bow hunting was – was your thing that kept you on the right path, kept yeah. you grinding, kept you disciplined. And for me, um, I didn't grow up hunting. Mm-hmm. And that's the way the short film starts. Is I, my first line is, I wasn't always a hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't something that we did. It wasn't something I was taught growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got into it like when I was like 22, 23 years old yeah. is when I got into hunting. And just completely obsessed with it. Like, oh, yeah. literally, it's, yeah. it's, there's nothing I do other than think about it. And every year that I do it, I want to do it more. I want to do it more. I want to do it more. So, you know, we get into the Wicked Tree Gear side of things. And, and, I, and I know this is something I want to do. And, mm-hmm. and um, I really like the business side of it. I like the product development side of it. Yeah. And, um, but I, I, I do I, – I hate calling it the entertainment side of it. But – you know, Media. Fo- photos, mm-hmm. short films, yeah. web shows, you know, I do like that side of it. But at the end of the day, it's about, you know, sharing stories. Yeah. Um, but I like hunting camp. Like if hunting camp was like not a place, but a thing. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, like, yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. Like for this sure. is hunting camp. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what we call that's it. Hunting yeah. camp radio. Yeah. For old people who don't know what podcasts are, my like, hunting camp radio. Yeah. yeah. Exactly what this, it is. This, and like, this is what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I like shooting shit too, but yeah, I yeah. like uh, this is what yeah. I enjoy. Well, this is like, gr- like growing ahead. up with a hunting camp. That's what brings us back to this shit right here. Is yeah, yeah, that we get to share stories and we get to talk about hunting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know well, let's I mean? do this. We're gonna talk about hunting camp. Yeah. Let's take a pee break and then let's drink some beers and have fun in hunting camp and talk about hunting. Damn. Let's do it. Yeah, I like it. Let's do it. All right, we're back from our beer refreshment and urination break. We're getting ready to fire oh, up. I got to pee again, my bad. I would, <laughs> I would have, I would have Johnny Utah just reach up and slap you in the face. Like if he could choke me out, look at those muscles, <laughs> the muscles. So we're getting ready to talk about like hunting camp, right? Because that's mm-hmm. what we do. This is this is hunting camp essentially, and really all it is is hanging out with good friends. Mm-hmm. But you're just gonna go hunting in the, ne- the next morning, so it and brings bullshit. a different like feel to it, though, don't it? Like. Like Steve, you came over and you just like stayed the night at my house because we'd be up and we'd like we have some beers, get ready to go podcast or we'd podcast or do yeah. whatever, and then go hunting the next morning. It's just cooler to like. It's almost like a sleepover, but you're gonna go try and kill some shit. The <laughs> Dude, next it's day, a so big it's boy not... sleepover, is what hunting <laughs> yeah. camp is. Oh, for it's sure. a sleepover for adult men. Don't yeah. say big boy sleepover. It's it's yeah. a big boy sleepover. <laughs> I'll bring my blankie and my teddy. Don't. <laughs> be, all right, instead of a teddy, right, bring your wanna, favorite mount. Hey, okay. I don't want to talk about hunting camp anymore. <laughs> yeah, that topic's over now. Yeah. You ruined it, Steve. Hey, do you remember when I had to pull out my adult pampers? <laughs> what? Yeah, it was weird. I pee the bed a lot. I wore onesie pajamas. <laughs> Kurt never wants me at hunting camp again. 
Okay. All I'm right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, it was. Uh, it, it man, these guys really do or like tell everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it <laughs> told you we were open, man. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is super fun to just you're you're hanging out with your friends, your buddies, and you're just hanging all night. It, it's a vacation, man. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, to yeah. a point. But if if you didn't start hunting until you were 22, and yep. it's not like that's super late. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of people that can relate. But yeah, me, me. Yeah, I relate. Yeah, how old were you, Eric, when you started hunting, like bow hunting? Oh, bow hunting. Yeah, twenty one, twenty two. So yeah, that's Same all age. relatable. Mm-hmm. But I, I grew up hunting my whole life, just yeah. not bow hunting. Yeah. I didn't get serious into it till I was twenty one, twenty two. Well, and, yeah. and, and you know, a lot of it was just nature of where I grew up in in Central Kentucky in the eighties. We didn't even have deer. I mean, and I've told this story a couple times that we we're sitting at at the dinner table, and my dad came home from work, and we were kind of like, I don't want to say. Um, the traditional American wholesome family. It was like yeah. more like married with children style, sure. you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's exactly how our household was. It's a great way to explain that. <laughs> Katie Seagal was your mom? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, like, we would, we would, we were sitting down there eating dinner one night, and my dad's like, hey, I saw a deer today. And I'm like, oh. Now, this will tell you my education on whitetails at that time. Mm-hmm. I said, was it a male or female? Mm. I didn't know buck or doe. Yeah, that, I mean, sure. we didn't have them. We had cows yeah. and horses. You yeah, know? yeah. So he's like, it was a, it was a, it was a doe, and I said, that's a female. And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, oh, like how big was it? Mm-hmm. I had no clue. Yeah. I was 18 years old before I saw my first wild deer on the hoof. No shit. Yeah, yeah we didn't crazy. have them. Yeah, we didn't have them at all. What were you doing at that exact moment? Um, it actually jumped over my 87 red Camaro rally sport. Oh yeah. An RS. Uh, yeah. You had the grocery getter. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't hey, chicks special. don't know the difference between V6 and V8. They didn't V8. have a clue. Yeah. They didn't <laughs> have a clue. <laughs> no clue. It had, it, it, it was a Camaro. So I had redneck street cred. And yeah. the chicks thought it was cool, you know. T tops, T tops, yeah. yeah. Atta boy, yeah. I, I just asked that. Eighty six Cutlass with T tops, right? There you now. go. Yeah, Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I remember my dad said that. I mean, it was a lot. It was way before the eighties. My dad's like, we didn't have deer growing up. I never no. saw them. Uh uh-uh. uh So that I get what you're saying, especially probably. I don't yeah. know. I'm not familiar with that area of Kentucky, yep. but well, I mean, that like, just shows the impact of hunters. By the way, it is, it is very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and now in northern Kentucky and in western Kentucky, they had a pretty good deer population mm-hmm. um, and a good age structure as well. Mm-hmm. And then it just seemed like it kept kind of working its way and it filled it, it filled itself in, you know, in the yeah. entire state. So by the time I remember I graduated high school, like some of my buddies were shooting some, you know, two-year-old and three-year-old bucks. But Which they were probably- like – 115s 110s you know well, i mean probably it was, great bucks especially back in the day sure. and still oh, yeah. are for some people you know yep and then uh through college like i remember seeing some guys around richmond kentucky mm-hmm. um one of my neighbors he um i hear like hooting and hollering one night you know and i look out the window and he has this buck strapped to the hood of his jeep and i'm like wow that's kind of cool i mean kind of redneck but i dig it i can get down with it you know what i mean yeah. that's neat again hunting was not something that i i did you know like yeah. if we needed meat we just went and shot one of our cows out yeah. back you know yeah, what i mean right. yeah um so that it was well, we fished a lot we, you know we did fish a whole whole bunch um we had a farm pond and stuff but bluegill catfish was kind of my gig and um frog gigging love oh love yeah, gigging. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah the little trident thing right there oh, on the broom yeah. handle oh yes son <laughs> yeah and but i mean well i was always the flashlight holder dad was always the uh, gigger, right. you know what and I mean? you, were, you weren't holding the flashlight right 
Never. Never. <laughs> Never. Never. Right? Shine it right in their eyeballs. I'm like, I don't know how to get any more inside that frog's <laughs> yeah. eyeballs, you know? Like, I'm, I got a laser beam on him, you know? Give me a break. Just hold the flashlight but right there. you never did it right. He grabbed your hand and moved it right where Oh, yeah, yeah. He would, he would move it away and then back to the spot I was in. He's like, the exact there. Side, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, we'd come home and mom's like, ah, how'd you guys do? Well, he didn't hold the flashlight, right? It's his fault. And I'm like, what the hell, you know? Uh, so pop, so true. Tough. Like that's yeah. every kid that ever yeah. did that too. It's kind of like it's kind of like Joe Dirt, where he's like, "Yeah, you're probably the retriever," which he actually was. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Hey, right. You know what I'm uh, just thinking about this? What I'm less mad at? This kind of off topic, but like when you see older taxidermy, just based on uh-huh. what you're telling me. I can't even get mad at that because what was the demand for taxidermists in central Kentucky if there's no damn deer? No, no, exactly. There's so something d- about bad old taxidermy. It is kind of funny, though. You know, it is funny. But I it's, like it. it I, like, like, I like when I go. Mount. Yeah. The neck mount. There's not a lot of. They don't got a lot of work. It's like, yeah, this is what they're doing. I mean, it's like, dude, how many UFOologists can you call right now? Well, and they, give it like five years, you'll have fifty more. But or it's just, saying, there's just a head mount, <laughs> none right yeah. now. Just like the heads, uh huh, mm-hmm. like from the jaw forward or yeah. whatever. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Um, <laughs> hilarious. But like, once I I moved to Northern Kentucky, and that's where I started policing. I was actually in Florence, Kentucky, which is just just below Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And, you a Bengals uh, fan? Um. Kind of by geographical Good. pull. That's let, all I need. Let to the hear. man get through. His I'm not, I, that's all I needed. I'm not a Marvin Lewis fan. I thought he. I just thought he had no control well, over. He's team. gone this year. So yeah, right, right, right. So um, one of the guys that I was a cop with, and I went to the academy with, mm-hmm. he was from Cincinnati, originally from Texas. So he gets a little cred, you know, being yeah. a Texan. And um, did you call him Tex? <laughs> no, I usually just made fun of the Cowboys uh, in good fun, you know, but. Um, <laughs> So and, and told a lot of those um, steers and you know I don't yeah, know, yeah, yeah yeah I get what you're saying yeah, yeah. so anyways uh, he comes to me one day and he goes hey dude let's get into deer hunting I'm like I don't know anything about hunting deers do you and, deers yeah deers, deers. and, uh, and <laughs> he's okay, like he's like it. no I don't but um, they got a lot of them around here in northern Kentucky we got to get into it and I'm like yeah I'll give it a whirl you know what I mean I'll try mm-hmm. anything once so um. Dating myself, I'm 41. I went to the public library and I got a bunch of books about deer hunting. That's pretty that's cool, man. How I taught myself how to deer hunt. That is awesome, actually. And so libraries are actually useful at that time. So you do know okay. you right, do I'm know how saying. to read. That. I do know how to read. You do yeah. know how to read. Yeah. Oh, so you do prefer. read books. Yeah, that's awesome. Did you though. read? Did you read that book? Uh, no, front books I'll back? read front to back. Okay, yeah, okay. magazines okay. for whatever. It's just a weird thing. I do them backwards, forward. I don't know what it is. So, dude, you're gonna see some wild stuff in the magazines I read. It's gonna be like, how did it start out like this and end so sweetly? <laughs> yeah, I think because I, I, I want to hear the punchline before and then hear the grind. Yeah, you know you what go. I mean? There you go. Well, so, do, do you remember any specific books that? Um, that you um, grabbed, or any specific authors, rather? No. Well, I have some of them. Uh, I ended up buying them. Oh, nice. that's and, awesome. Um, that's, so, that's fucking cool. Yeah, so it's kind of neat. Like, it, Of course, it's not the original book that I checked out, but I went back and bought the book. So um, I did pick up some of the Fred Bear conservation stuff, yep. mm-hmm. and um, I know there's a Whitetail Strategies 101. Dude, I read that book. That's, that's kind of got to be like your, like your original deer camp, though, kind of. It was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That takes you back to a point where you were like, okay, I don't know anything about deer hunting. Nothing. But I'm going to go read these books, but then later in life, you're like, I think I'm going to read those books. Was there a deer hunt for dummies? Well, how long did it take you to, or maybe you never did, I don't know, I'm sure within time somewhere along the line, how long did it take you to have a hunting camp experience with other people and you were going to go hunting together, or, you know, not separate, doing your own thing, but 
you guys were all going hunting in the morning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, immediately because I had my buddy Jason okay, that I got yeah. into hunting with. So we would always hook up and either jump in my truck or his truck. We sure. would drive to the same spot. We'd park. And, you know, we'd get out of the truck. We'd spray ourselves down. Okay, uh-huh. now spray my back. You know yeah, what I mean? Oh, yeah. Spray your back. Oh, yeah. You know? Okay, spray my hands. Oh, got to start all over again. Yeah. Uh, did you wear those boots into the gas station? Uh-huh. You know? So we went through that process, and we're rifle hunting, okay? We're sure. shooting stuff 300 sure. yards, 200 yards away, and we're, yeah. like, worried about scent control. But that's a lot where a lot where it starts, you know? It is. It's just getting those foundations down, mm-hmm. and, you know, you... Um, what you see on television or what you read in a magazine, you presume that that is the way you're supposed to do it because that's the only I have no I have nothing to compare it to or how yeah. it's going to happen. Right, right. Yeah. So I thought that I would see a 200 inch buck come stand broadside the first day. It didn't work that way at all. I was very disappointed. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? I've been yeah. lied to for all these uh-huh. years. Um, we hunted every single day of rifle season. Every single day, the last day of rifle season. Um, a doe comes out and I'm like, <gasps> Winchester 270 and she kicks and runs off. And I'm like, well, shit, I missed a second doe walks out two seconds later. Oh, fuck. She kicks, she runs off. And I'm like, damn, here I am a cop. I should probably be a better shot at a marksman <laughs> than this. And I'm like, I suck. Landowner calls my cell phone. I just heard two gunshots down there in my lower field. You down there? Yeah. Well, what'd you shoot? I mean, I shot at two different does, but I missed them both. What do you mean you missed them both? I'm like, I missed them both. They didn't fall over. They ran away. He's like, I'll be down there and just give me five minutes. So, <laughs> oh, no. He comes down there, and we start walking. He's like, where was the shot? And I'm like, right there. And he goes, so did you shoot those two does that are laying oh, 20 yards oh, dead gee, over there? No. So in Kentucky, it's one buck and two does. Oh, that's what you get with okay. your license. So, Ooh. and you can buy bonus, uh, right, know, right. permits after that. And I'm like, holy shit, I did it my first year. Uh-huh. Like I got it, you know, it took, it was the last day, <laughs> sure. you know, but I'm like, I freaking did it. Like that happens. So oh, that's funny. Awesome. I mean, I was like, you know, 20 days of grinding or, you know what I mean? And yeah. I'm like, I finally did it. Um, so then the goal was, okay, next year I really want to try to get a buck. Right. Yeah. And that's what everybody wants to try to get. And, um, went a couple of seasons, more does, more does, you know, then I finally shot my first buck and I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, I just killed state record. <laughs> <Yeah>. Mark <laughs> it down. That's what it feels like. Mark it's mine. It 7.82 inch buck. Hell yeah. That was my first year. Hell he, hey, yes. my He's, buck right here. I don't know what this seven pointer. That's my first buck ever. I was, you got me. Yeah. You got I was me 14. <laughs> I think you might have me. Beat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But that's the cool thing about it uh-huh. is like my dad's first buck is a, Spike and one side's this long and the other side is that long uh-huh. and he has a skull plate. I want to I want to get it in here actually. That's cool. Um, but then, you know, like I don't know how many years later he kills a hundred and ninety one inch mainframe eight. You know, like yeah. it's crazy what it, I think people dwell on like the first buck deal. Like uh-huh. that's my first bow buck. You can't see it. We we're test filming this podcast, but that's my first buck right there uh-huh. with a bow when I was fifteen. That's awesome and. I that to me I'm still really proud of that you know and mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter like Steve your first bow buck is not a giant but it doesn't oh, matter yeah. it's that's like the nostalgia of deer yeah, hunting you know right. like the build up and you either get bit by the deep I want to kill big uh-huh. bucks bug which most people do sure. but how serious uh-huh, or yeah. you just like enjoy 
shooting let deer. Me, and let me my, ask you this. Well, my first buck was a little forkhorn, and my old man. It's awesome. My old man still has never shot a buck to this day. You really? know what they call so, that? The mysterious Y buck. The Y yeah. buck. So they're like, so I was like, yeah, I just shot a buck before my old man. You know, I was, uh-huh. I was super you, proud. I wish I still had it. I don't have it anymore. Oh but, no! What you say? You always get one up on him. Right, I was. It was. I was probably fourteen. Yeah, probably internet at twelve, thirteen when it, when I shot it and it fell off the wall. The skull plate cracked. And I'm like, well, whatever. And you I, you know what? I threw it right? away. You put that two by four in between the antlers to stretch it a little mm-hmm. bit. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it from drying a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, green score. Shit, that's the real story. <laughs> <laughs> but back then, I did, back then I didn't know. You know, like it fell on the ground, it cracked. I'm like, well, it ain't worth anything now. I'm just gonna right. throw it away. Damn. <sighs> It sucks. You know, let, let me ask you guys right. this. If you had enough money, would you go back, and if you you had enough money and the price was right, you could buy the exact model of your very first car, and someone would put it in the same condition. Would you buy that? No. I still have For my nostalgia. very first car. So. I, would, I thought I was expecting a deer hunting question, and I'm upset that it wasn't. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, but like that just to bring you back. Like, dude, shit from your youth holds on. I would definitely buy my very first no, car. No, I don't care about it. I don't care about it. I'll put it in the same garage about. as my deer. Because nah. I just, I, dude, my first of terrible everything, job. Like looking, looking back, I wish I still had that first buck. Yes, yeah, so that's where you're going. Yeah, tell me, I would love to have a nostalgia garage. I'm, I would go really back and memories. buy memories, but not material items. Oh, you buy memories? Okay, yep. I, that's yeah. where you're at. I, if I could go back to cruising the loop in downtown Jesmond County with my girl. <laughs> Dude, I would do what, that. That's what we did in Davenport. You cruised the loop. You cruised the one last way. night. The he did that. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't. I think I just like the material things sometimes bring back really good memories. That's why I asked. But the thing is, is like with deer hunting, like yeah, like racks are an item, but it's uh-huh. not a material thing. It's a, it's a, it's a paycheck for your hard work. Essentially, yeah, but it's can, a memory. can those, those can those physical items not bring back really good memories well they can but i don't feel in the same weight as uh your first buck can or a, a your first bow buck can or a, a john wants a beer grab him a beer um or a like a a hard 25 day hard hunt like one your first 150 inch deer like but it, it for sure can because my car i look at every day i i drive it probably, i don't have that relationship i know with you don't but i'm saying but i'm saying it can it can do that. I do get what you're saying. You're because your I don't. Case, I drive but. it probably once a month, and I used to drive it every day. Right. And I look back on those memories of the good times I've okay. had in that car. You, so you, it it, you, it can you, make that relationship. You did make me my words there, Steve. I didn't like Steve's point because we were so deep in deer hunting, and he was like a f- ass fuck and just took us straight there. <laughs> I did not mean to cars. do that, but I just wanted to see if anyone else could relate to how I was thinking. That's kind of how I was. So, how long stuff. from when you were you killed those two does yep. with the rifle? Yep. How long from then? I imagine then it just clicked for you, and you were you were addicted. Well, it, yes and no. Um, so I got into my family's always been into like dirt track, circle track stuff. Yeah. One side of the family was in drag cars, and the other side of the family was in dirt. Drag know, oh yeah, drag racing. Man. Yeah, and it was well, and that was the thing. We always went back and forth at each other. Oh, yeah, we're like drag racing, circle track guys do not. Oh get no, along. no, it's like skiers really? and snowboarders. Really? Right? Oh yeah. Oh yep. for sure. Yeah. So it was always like asphalt's used to get to the dirt track. You know what I mean? That yep, was kind of our thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, so one's rich and one's not. All right, yeah. <laughs> I, all right. I can go four left, but you can't go in a straight line. Exactly. I've heard them all. Yeah. All you do is turn left. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like, technically, I've heard it, I've I turn heard right to turn left like Cars movie, you know, um, <laughs> for those with kids that watch Disney movies all the time. Um, so I got into dirt track stuff, which, you know, during the, the dirt track season is still going, you know, it's uh, during hunting season. So it was kind of, I was doing, you know, doing both and. Um, I had shot a couple of bucks at this point, and I remember the last buck that I shot with a gun was in oh, 
2008. Yeah, mm-hmm. 2007, 2008, 2007. And I shot this buck, and, I mean, I was kind of excited, like, when the buck came in, and then I shot him, and it was 120-inch, 125-inch 10-pointer. Yeah. And uh, my buddy texted me, which was more fun, you know, because then mm-hmm. you're, you're back in hunting camp again. So yeah. your buddy says, dude, I just heard a shot. Was that you? Yeah, it was. What was it? And I'm like, slammer, you know, <laughs> giant. Uh-huh. So uh, he comes down, helps me track this buck, and I'm not excited. Like at all. Really? And he's like, dude, you're not stoked. Like, I'm stoked for you. That's a great buck. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's a good buck. And and, and I'm glad that it was a short recovery. I'm, and I'm glad for all that. I got a ton of meat. It's a giant bodied buck. Yeah. But I just don't feel the same as I did. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, dude, I was literally falling out of my tree, like knees shaking, buck fever, even after the buck was you know down. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I really, I, like, I missed that feeling. Like mm-hmm. that excitement, you know? So I'm telling there's a there's a local gun shop that I bought my gun from, and he was a, uh, an archery shop as well there in Florence, Kentucky. There's a little store called Mark's Guns. And the guy that owned it uh, or that ran it, his name is Joe Beck. And Joe taught me everything I knew about hunting outside of those textbooks. And um, he's like, dude, I heard you shot a buck. Let me see a picture. I show it to him. He's like, hey, good buck. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I just – I don't know if I'm going to stick with hunting. And he's like, what? I'm like, I – I just, you know, like, I don't know. It just didn't do a lot for me. And he's mm-hmm. like, hold on a second. Let me show you this bow. <laughs> I so knew he, where that was going. <laughs> so he puts a bow in my hand. When you say gun shop, archery shop, I knew exactly yeah, where that uh-huh. was going. And he, he put a Matthews um, LX or FX, whichever one came first. That was the one that he gave me. And, mm-hmm. and um, so he says, here, try this out. And um, I shot it you know, beside the shop a little bit. And I'm like, that's kind of fun. It's a lot nicer than the bow that I had as a kid, my kid bow that my parents bought me, you know, like this fiberglass, fiberglass long bow. Yeah. 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 From Sears. I had an old brave warrior. That's what I started with. Whatever brand that was. Yeah. And I'm like, (laughs) this, this is pretty fun. And, uh, he goes, you know, I, I have a, I'm going to take a chance on you. So what's that? And he goes, well, Matthews gives me one free bow to give away a year. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, I can give it to anybody. I've got loyal customers. I've been buying bows and guns off of me for years. You don't spend any money. You're a tight ass. But I'm going to take a chance, and I'm going to give you a bow because I really think this is going to be something a part of your life kind mm-hmm. of deal. You know, you're really going to take to it. He didn't right. want to see you get out of hunting. Right. And he that's did what, not want to see me get yeah. out of hunting. That's cool, He man. bet on himself, and yep. that bet paid off. Yeah. And so he gave me this bow, and I'm like, wow, this was super awesome of me. And then he, he gave me one of his old sights. It was like an old sword sight, you yeah. know. and. Yeah. Uh, old stabilizer and release and got me set up with some arrows. I think the arrows was the only thing I had to buy, but I got them on his employee discount. Um, and then I went two seasons of every time I tried to draw, every time I tried to stand up, I got busted, got busted, got busted, <laughs> got busted. So then I went back to the textbooks because I never read the archery sections before. Sure. I was just looking at rifle sections. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, so, that was, yeah, it applied to what you were doing. Yep. So I went back to the archery sections and um, I'm like, okay. If deer can't see me or smell me, then I'll have a better chance of, of taking taking the deer. And then I shot my first doe uh, with my bow in, like, 2010, 2011. And I called him, and I said, dude, I got that feeling back. I'm like, and it's way <laughs> yeah. stronger than it ever was. I'm it like, is. I'm hooked. I'm a bow hunter. Yeah. Period. And he's like, well, come on, dude. You just killed your first deer. I'm like, no, no. I- I'm a bow hunter. I'm in. I'm in. I, I-, I already know more than anything i've ever known in my life 
I will be a bow hunter till the day I die. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I have not harvested or gone hunting with anything other than a bow. Uh, turkeys, antelope, whitetails, negative 17 degrees, 98 degrees. It doesn't matter. Since I good bo- band. Since 08. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's My last firearm buck was and i i so i started gun hunting like you did and then i did both Mm -hmm. um because you get more time with a bow in illinois and the last gun firearm muzzleloader buck i killed was this guy and a buck hanging in the studio and that was 2010 Mm -hmm. and i just was like i just it's i like both i respect both but i just get more out of it mentally yep you know just how you're saying the only buck i've ever shot with with a gun is that first one I ever shot. Yeah, which After is cool. That, you know, because I grew up, it was a you know it was a one week deal in December where you got you went to hunting yeah. camp. That's a you, really common thing for a you, lot of people. You pushed deer, and that's what you did. And then uh, yeah. you know I was talking about you know Doug Schmidt on the show. They got me into bow hunting. They said just buy a bow. <laughs> so I bought a hundred twenty five dollar bow. Arrows released. It was all set up, ready to yeah. go. And that first doe I shot, I go. I can see me doing this forever. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever pick up a gun again. Right. Yeah. The day I quit bow hunting, I don't know what, I mean, I'm not saying there is a day, but if I, if there was a day, I don't know, somebody better, you guys better be coming running because something's wrong with me. (laughs) Like, you know, I'm driving towards something that I shouldn't be driving towards or something. (laughs) I don't know. Well, and it's a, you know, it's kind of a weird deal too, because like in Kentucky, the, the rifle season lines up perfectly with the rut. Mm. Um, so there's a big draw. Obviously yeah. for gun hunting, yeah. Mm-hmm. But in Kentucky, as long as you're willing to wear orange, you, you can, can go ahead hunt. and bow hunt year round. Mm-hmm. And that's well, how Illinois season, is, season right? round, I should it's say. Not for it just changed like three years ago. In Illinois, because our firearm season falls, I'm sure you know, falls uh-huh. during the rut. Um, you know, peak rut's always an an, arg- an argument. Um, but we can never bow hunt during right. firearm season it closed down but now you can if you wear blaze yeah. and you got to apply for a firearm permit you have to have a valid firearm permit and you can bow hunt during firearms yep yep so, so let me let me ask a I'm, i want to ask a hard question okay you ready for it yep so you've had it's not gonna be a hard question. quite a few different and, we, and we've we've talked to you a little bit but you you get into something and you're like yo i want to do this for a couple of years like i want to be a police uh-huh. officer for two years sure you end up sticking around um now that you've got the bow hunting bug, mm-hmm. and obviously you've done it for quite a few years mm-hmm. now, yep. um, with Arrow Wild TV, uh, Johnny Utah Creative, mm-hmm. is this something that you believe is going to stick for a long time, or do you think maybe you might get bored with it and trail off? No, I mean a hard question. No, no, it's a good yeah. question too. I mean, that was actually a hard question. Yeah, I no, um, I mean, because when I went into policing, I knew I. My first initial thought was I'm not going to do this very long, and I kind of got stuck in it. But it was mostly financial, being mm-hmm. being responsible. Uh, kids adults, and a wife, okay. yeah. you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. So I kind of got stuck there. But while I was there, you know, I had my landscape company that I ran. Well, I would run it three days a week myself, and then my foreman would run it the four days that I was policing. So that was a set, you know, seven days a week deal, and I was also part owner of Wicked Tree Gear. <laughs> And yeah. doing white knuckle. So it was easy to still be a cop because it was really like 
that's where I went to take a break, you know, almost. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. And, um, yeah, pulling people over with uh, unregistered firearms. Oh, that's a yeah. good fucking break. What was is wrong with you? So, <laughs> and it's funny because now that I've moved to a small town, Iowa, I was talking to one of the cops there the other day, and, and I said, hey, how many calls do you guys get? And he goes, eh, we got maybe one or two a day. This is no <laughs> exaggeration. At my old police department, we would run 40 was the average 40 41 calls a day per man per shift holy <laughs> shit dude so That's i did a scary job man oh yeah and very scary we had i-75 seven and a half miles of i-75 number one corridor for drug trafficking you know <laughs> and um i mean we'd have a couple of murders every year and you know that kind of stuff but it was it was so funny because i'm i did the math on it and I'm like, not to pick on small town policing because the risk is still there. Yeah, they could get shot. They could go on a. Yeah. Uh, they mm-hmm. could deal with some roughnecks just as easy as anybody. And also, a lot of times their backup isn't there as quick as some big cities. Yeah, but, that's a good point. But based on call volume alone, I saw more action in a year than my local Iowa cops will see in 18 years. That's insane. Damn. That's, that's crazy to even hey. to compute those numbers. How many, how many dudes you put in handcuffs that had Carson Palmer jerseys on? <laughs> so <laughs> we used to actually deal with the Bengals quite a bit. A lot of them lived I in I love it. you said that. You say that so Kentuckily, the Bengals. I love the, it. The bang, I could have said the Bengals. No, it's the Bengals. The Bengals. Hey, because Kenny Anderson... Uh-huh. Is from Rock Island, uh-huh. uh, or well, no, he gra- he went to school in Rock Island, but like that's why I became a Bengals fan because Kenny Anderson uh-huh. and a bar my dad used to give me an underage had a Kenny Anderson signed Bengals. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> well, so uh, quick, quick, funny, funny little story about the Bengals and, and policing. I'll be arrested, Pac Man Jones. Would be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that guy. Like his teammates kept him out of handcuffs so many times, and <laughs> he I got know arrested this. with a broken neck. Who gets yeah. arrested with a broken neck? <laughs> a complete asshole. Like, dude, you have to be stupid as shit. Yeah. Continue. So, um, one of one of the guys I worked with, covered in tattoos, he looks like all of us. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, he's one of our canine guys. One of my best best friends in the world, uh, Brian Murphy. He um, he pulls over um, Odell Thurman one night. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm almost. Okay. Um, I'll take a cold one. He he okay. pulls over Odell Thurman, and <laughs> okay. Odell's in the passenger seat, and and his girlfriend's driving, and they were speeding, you know, on 75. And knowing Brian, they had to have been doing like 40 over for him to get out of a cruiser. You know what I mean? Oh shit! <laughs> so um, uh, he pulls him over, and she's like, "Do you know who this is? This is Odell Thurman." And he goes, mm, "No." No. <laughs> now Murphy's that's like me. sounds like yeah, something we would say. Yeah, we have no idea what the fuck yeah. He's like big forearms, full sleeve tattoos, canine guy. <laughs> s- still believes wrestling is real. I'm sorry, Brian, it's not real. But hey, hey, hey Steve, yep. Steve believes that. Hey, okay. wa- watch your fucking hey, mouth. All right, <laughs> let him tell a story, Steve. So, so, no, no, no. What kind of bullshit? Yeah. All right, continue, continue. So he's he's all about wrestling. Loves it. He goes to all the shows all the time, and so he says, you know. Who, who like Odell Thurman? Who's that? She goes. You you don't know who Odell Thurman is? Like he, he plays for the Bengals, baby. And he's like, mm, yeah, okay. Like, is that a sports team? So they're like, <laughs> yeah, it's a sports team. So he finally he looks at Brian and he goes, why don't you believe me that like I play for the Bengals? And he goes, football, right? Yeah. Why don't you believe me? He goes, like, I just thought you'd be bigger. And oh man, Odell was like five nine, one fifty or something <laughs> yeah. like that. You know. But we used to we seriously like we used to deal with those guys all the time. They'd be hanging out at Waffle House, and a lot of them lived in the city, and you know, be in and around. <laughs> Would they be like, you know, who I am, right? 
Yeah, yeah, some of them were. Um, I remember there was one guy, um, and I do like sports. I just don't know all the players' names. But there was one guy. Steve does. Played for the Bengals. Um, Nathan, he was an offensive lineman for the Bengals. Um, I believe he was. Uh, so he's I, panicking because he he's, he's failing he on, no, on no, air. No, no, his favorite team. Huge night. He was a huge, huge dude. But I pulled him over one night and was like one of the nicest humans I've ever dealt with in my life. He was the one that taught me about the NFL pro card. Like it's like a clear card and that each one gets. I have no, no, really? I have no idea. It's, what like an ID. it's like ID. Yeah. And I didn't know <laughs> oh, it. Really? Apparently you have to be a legitimate NFL player to have like your NFL pro card. You know? Yeah. Oh, no shit. They, they got like Roth IRAs and shit set up. My homie moved, uh, oh, moved yeah, they got from Detroit. Uh-huh. Uh, he was like a rookie. He only made it one year, but like they have like Roth, like the NFL Roth. Talk straight IRA into plans. your mic, bro. Him. Man, right here. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, they got like Roth IRA plans and shit. He's set still, up for he's these still dudes. upset because he doesn't know like that yeah. player's name. No, I'm, I'm trying to think of hey, you know what I was it? Hey, you know what I, uh, I don't give a fuck uh, no, about no, no, football. No. I want to talk about Arrow Wild TV. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's what I was I like, want to talk. Wait, about I have Wild one TV. question yes. before that. Uh-huh. How'd you end up in Iowa? The greatest yeah, state. That's a good yeah. question. In this country. Hey, wait, don't you know who we are? <laughs> the yeah. greatest state in this country. Yeah, I'm just kidding. That's yeah. right. Eric's like su- like subtly like shitting on Illinois, which you can shit because on Illinois. We're going to shit on us. Wait, wait. We're the only yep. Iowa boys here. Well, hey, I, we're I, in the tank. I had heard about Pike County, Illinois. You know, as yep. I was starting to learn more about hunting, I kept hearing, you know, Pike County, Pike County. That's where all the big bucks are, you know. And um, But Wicked Tree Gear was, uh, we did all of our assembly in Mount Pleasant, Iowa. Gotcha. And so I was making a lot of trips back and forth on my days off, going, you know, from Kentucky, you know, to, to Mount Pleasant and working the, work the shop, do some assembly. And Todd and I would have meetings, whether we were developing new products and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So when we sold the company, that was part of the deal. They said, we'll buy the company under one condition. We're going to pay you X amount of dollars. And then for a period of three years, you have to work for us during the transition and continue to develop, you know, new products. And you have to move to Iowa. And I'm like, twist my arm. You know, yeah. like, are you shitting me? <laughs> it was a pretty you sweet know? deal. <laughs> yeah. You were just hoping Iowa deal was in there. It's like, yeah, yeah it's moving to Iowa, but yeah, you got so to like, extra money. I guess. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm like, yeah. well, I get, you know, like if I have to. But I had three preference points. I was going to draw that next year anyways, right. <laughs> which I had to give up. Bullshit. Apparently, can you get that money back? I know. I'm like, can I, can I gift the points to like other <laughs> non-residents or can I get a refund? But uh, so I told one of my buddies, I'm like, yeah, those jerks kept my 150 bucks. And he's like, really? really? You're going to bitch about giving up 150 bucks. You now get three buck tags a year because you own land. Yeah, and you live in the prime spot yeah. of Iowa. I, did, yeah. I still would. Yeah. 150 bucks is 150 bucks, That's bro. That's right. Well, and he's like, so you're. You it's live, a used Xbox. You live 15 miles south of Lee and Tiffany's Salem property. You live 10 miles east of their Kiyosaki property. You know, you're 20 or 15, 20 miles from Sam Kalora and the Kalora buck. And mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, I hate you. Decent. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, yeah. that's why I always tell these guys, I go, hey, just move to Iowa because then you can hunt Iowa every year and you can hunt Illinois. That's right. It is that's a perfect right. and, plan. And, and you're close enough to Missouri. You know, exactly. you can go you get hunt, two bucks there. You can hunt you can Missouri hustle. every year, too. Yeah. Okay, we got nothing going for us, all right? We get it. I'll admit it. We got nothing. <laughs> hey, we got that uh, one thing. Hey, weed will um, be legal uh, here while we're sitting with a retired narcotics officer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey we're, we're going to have legal weed, so we can just get stoned and yeah. realize that we're not as good as Iowa. But they can't buy our uh, – oh, wait, no. Iowa residents can buy our pot. Well, <laughs> we got nothing, bro. And you I, guys got nothing. And I will tell you, like – and that was one of the things. You're going to have that gas, homie. <laughs> Stop. 
the whole time I was a cop, you know, don't get me wrong. Like my job, like with any boss, you know, you have a boss that tells you you have to do something Mm -hmm. and you're told that you have to enforce these laws. And I remember sometimes, you know, you arrest somebody and they're like, dude, you're an asshole. I'm like, hey, bro, you ever had a job before? Yeah. Your boss tells you to do something. You don't really want to do it, but you got to do it. Right. I'm like, yeah. Well, that's the deal. Chief That's tells me I got to do this. It you ain't not personal, it. man. This is cat and mouse. Yeah, I think know. if more cops did that, people would be like, ah, "You're right, man. All yeah. right." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they would sure be like, "Okay, I get." Kurt it. put his I own hands it. behind his back when yeah. he said, "All right." He right. did it. He, he did it kind of <laughs> like he's done it before. I'm just saying. <laughs> I spent one night in jail in my life. That's it. And I'll admit it like a man. <laughs> yeah, I have hey. too, and it sucks. And I didn't eat breakfast there. Uh, <laughs> I gave it to the dude next to me because he wanted my. Fr- he wanted the fucking. He wanted your cornbread. <laughs> the fruit <laughs> shit. I'm like, I'm not gonna eat this at all. Like, I didn't you even can eat. have it. You can have my yeah, fruit medley. I'll get that tomorrow. Fuck this. The cornbread, dude. man. You guys get cornbread down south in jail, dude. Kentucky cornbread. I do miss that a lot. The jail you miss Kentucky prison cornbread. Any dude. any cornbread made Kentucky's good. Did oh. you eat the prison food? No, yet? I would. Um, so the the Boone County Jail. Um, a good friend of mine, Jim Wilson. He he runs the work camp. You know, oh, the yeah. inmate work camp for like, you know, just the class D felons. You yeah, know, they let them sure. out and go work. Yeah. And he runs the work <laughs> camp and he he called me and said, hey, dude, he said, we got a guy in the work camp. Uh, you might want to come down here. I'm like, why is that? And he's like, well, he was the head chef of like this Chinese restaurant in town. Oh, shit. And he's going to be here for like three years. He's like, we eating good in the neighborhood. We eat good. <laughs> so I ended up going down there like all the time, like. You know, right around lunchtime, I'd be like, hey, dispatch, uh, yeah, the jail needs me down there. I got to go down. I got to go interview a suspect, you know, in custody real fast. <laughs> and I'd go there and eat, and it was phenomenal. Really? Yeah. The best food you <laughs> ever ate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, ask yeah. you a question. You can choose to answer it, or you can uh-huh. tell me to fuck right off. Yeah. Have you ever spent a night in jail? No. Um, I have. Um, I've had, I got one ticket before I was a cop. My dad, um, my dad got he got hit hit by a car. He was on a, on a tractor. Holy shit! And uh, they were like air carrying him to like UK hospital. Holy shit! This is serious. Yeah, yeah. He had like Holy all fuck. kinds of crazy compound fractures, you know, in his leg. Wow. Oh shit! So I'm hauling the mail, you know, heading to the hospital. And I get pulled hauling over by a statey. Oh, that's an understandable yeah. situation. By a statey. And, and the statey, he like pulls me over, and I said, "Hey, man," I said, I, "You know, I have ultimate respect for for law enforcement." Uh, you know, I wasn't a cop at this time. I said, hey, I got a lot of respect for cops. If you're going to write me a ticket, write me a, write me a damn ticket because I'm going to speed again. Like, my dad's in the hospital. He's, you know, right. going under surgery. And, and I was like, I got to get there. And he's like, all right. He wrote me a ticket. And, no I kept, and I kept flying. You know what I mean? I kept speeding. But he didn't follow me and write me another ticket. You know what I mean? Right, right. So it's kind of like whatever. But, yeah, so. Um, but then again, but then again, your boss tells you what to do. That's right. I yeah, do yeah. It. yeah. Yep. And then now since I haven't been a cop for three and a half years now, in small town Iowa, I have received five warnings and three tickets. Trust wow. me. In the hometown I'm from, there's like 6,000 people and about 14 cops. Yeah. The hell are you doing, dude? Yeah, so I lived here of, for six years and seen a cop three <laughs> times near my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, twice at the bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, one one of them was a window tent ticket, which I didn't even know was a thing. And again, like in a big city, if a cop writes somebody for window tent, like I would have gotten suspended because that would have put me off the radar and not available to take a hot. Right. Real action right. call. Yeah. like they would have lit my ass up. Oh, you right. know what I mean? Um, but. I got a ticket for four over, four 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 miles an hour over. Wasn't isn't it? What's the saying? Nine, you're fine. Ten, you're mine. That's right. Yep, yep. Is that true? That applies to like big cities. 
So not a, not I, rural Illinois. This guy got you I, for four I think, over. I yeah. think highways that yeah. applies. Was yeah. it highway? Was that fair? Um, so my rule in was um, I'm trying to help fit, the yeah. the working class bowhunter podcast listeners. You're distracted by this episode because yeah. we're all over, <laughs> and you're doing twelve over. Slower right. down to nine. Yeah, if you're in the city, uh, nine and under over, you should be okay on the interstate. Um, Fifteen and over, and you're probably screwed. So you get a l- couple extra miles per hour if you're on the, Little, the interstate. Okay. Give her a few. Because it's 70 mile an hour in Illinois. Every, it, we're going to a trade show to set up the working class booth. I'm 85. Hey, that's, yep. that's yep. assuming and the uh, PVC doesn't blow out of the back of Eric's truck. That's how fast we're going. Yep. <laughs> True. I've been there. Interesting. Okay, yeah, so be careful about that. we were talking yeah. about Air Wild TV, yeah. and yep. we went, this is what we do on working class. I like it. Dude, I like it. And we get even looser when someone's in studio because Steve left has turn. more fun. And, and more <laughs> My bad, my bad. Let's so, talk Air Wild TV. Yeah, Air Wild the, TV. Let's the shit. Um, so in 2016 is, is when I departed from, from White Knuckle. And, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to pull any punches here. Todd and I were having, um, you know, we were buddies. And we were best friends and we were business partners, which also creates a lot of strain. And so we have two businesses together, right? Mm -hmm. And I had taken over White Knuckle as far as uh, I was in charge of all the the sponsorship negotiations. Um, I was also working directly with the editor for producing the shows and laying out the format of the shows and the script. Um, I was also kind of the team manager with all the pro staff guys. Hey, Mm -hmm. dude, make sure you got your photos in time. Make sure you have your video, you know your footage in in time so we can get this episode cut and so i was dealing directly with that and it just it was a lot of strain we were working together now i wasn't living in kentucky i'm living right in this back door in iowa we're, we're in each other's faces all the time and there was just a riff yeah things got said conversation got heated i might have threatened to beat him up you know what i mean and it was just time to walk away right yeah um, and I'm like, it screw happened. you, dude. It I'm happens. starting my own thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he oh, was, it's happened. And he was like, if it wasn't for me, he's every, like, you know, you, every you wouldn't be anybody in this industry. And like I said, it just got heated. He said things he didn't mean. I said things I didn't mean. And sure. And uh, so we went our separate ways. So I called all the guys on the team and I said, hey, continue doing your white knuckle stuff. But it's time for me to. I got to dip. I got to go do my own thing. Which is cool of you to do it that way. You yep. know, that says a lot about who you and are. And I'm like, I got called out. Because remember earlier I talked about, I don't want anybody to ever say they're the reason I got to where I was at. Sure. And somebody just did that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, then I guess it means I got to go do it on my own. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I stepped away and um, all the guys on the team, except for two, quit. And they said, well, John's not running the show. Then I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Um, Which was awesome. Yeah, it makes you feel good. It made me feel good, but at the same time, I didn't know exactly what I was going to do with Arrow Wild. Now, these guys just quit their show that they were getting free gear from and, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, ah, damn. Now Now I got a lot of pressure, right? So what am I going to do with Arrow Wild? So now you kind of owe – you don't – you don't owe them anything, but you feel like I feel. I felt like I did. Yeah, yeah. I felt like I owed yeah. them that yeah. loyalty back. Right. Yeah. And I was very fortunate because I was the one negotiating and dealing with the sponsors and making sure the sponsors got their photo assets. Um, which all the deliverables, all the deliverables. Yep. And I, and I'll get to those photo assets and why I, you know, certain business things that I thought were so important, but I got, uh, I was in charge of that. So I was the person in their contact. So I also was the person that signed all the contracts. So I sent them an email and said, just so you know, I have stepped down, but all contract, you know, obligations will be met. And, and I back my name on that. Cause I, it's my name on the contract. Um, I got phone calls and they said, Hey, 
dude, you're the reason why we're sponsoring the show. So you going to start another show? No. No, I'm not. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I've had my fill of it. All it's right. too cutthroat. Um, I'm just going to focus on me. I might dabble in photography. Well, if you want to do another web show, here's a check. No shit. We would like to. We want to stay with you. And um, I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Appreciate it. Then I tell the wife, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do this. I just turned down, you know, this check or just turned down this sponsor. She's like, you better pick that phone up and call them back. We got mortgage due in a month. You know what I mean? Yeah, no shit. And I'm like, oh. I'm like. You're like, God damn it. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. Let me think about it. (laughs) God damn it. Yeah. So it it took about. (laughs) Hey, it's true, right? Yeah, it is. No, and but I mean, it took about a month because just based on that, I would have just been doing it for the check. And so I took about a month and I thought, damn it, I really do miss doing the episodes. And I miss I miss talking to even though they don't live near me and we don't hunt together. I get to see their footage and we talk about our seasons. So it's kind of like deer camp. It's hunt camp. Yeah. You know it's what I mean? Camp it, even if around. it's over the phone or whatever. So um, I'm like, damn it. I still like seeing other people's stories and I like sharing stories. So I started calling the people back and I'm like, you know, I at least got to make sure my costs are covered. Yeah. Yeah. As long as my costs are covered, I can afford to do it because financially mm-hmm. I couldn't afford just to fit the bill. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I worked, I didn't seek out anybody extra. I only sought out what I needed to cover expenses. And then it's just kind of continued to grow from there. And, um, you know, because it wasn't like my day job and it was a hobby, I could really pick and choose who I wanted to work with. Mm-hmm. I'm only going to work with premium brands that I believe in. And I have an intimate relationship with the owner of the company or the head marketing guy of the company. Right. And I respect him as a person. I respect their product and I respect the yeah. direction that they're makes going. Makes it way easier. So much easier when you have a, and, and that's one of the things I always tell people, you know, people send in questions. I'm sure you guys get it all the time too. Hey man, how do I get into the industry? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, be yourself, do exactly what you say you're going to do. Be friends with your people. Don't look them at as, as, as a business opportunity. Yep. Work big. your ass off. So I feel, you know, I'll just butt in. All yep. of our partners are like, we know someone personally mm-hmm. and we're friends. And I can, I can text them, anyone from any of our partners yeah. right now, I can text them right now and be like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Yep. And they wouldn't be like, well, you said fuck. Like, I don't have the type of formal email right, right. to handle some stuff. Yep. It's, that's how it should be. I Even think. I can text someone and they'll respond. Yeah, yeah, and Steve yeah. doesn't handle that stuff. So and that I don't handle that stuff. <laughs> that says a lot about the companies that work with us. They're yeah. like, yeah, we know they're huge. We are We're willing to risk enough with who you are that we hey, know Steve. Yeah. They're gambling on us as idiots. <laughs> I mean, they're gambling. I mean, hey, someone, you're not lying. If someone gambles lying. on hey. me to be a dumb shit for a Man. podcast, a hunting podcast that says "fuck" in this industry. They're gambling. It, it's a Just huge Just on gamble. that word alone. Yep. Or yeah. this right here. Right. The old blue or, can. And the beer. Exactly. For yep. real. That's Without a, a doubt. That's a, It's weird that it's a big deal. Well, just three days ago, four days ago, I had my first beer in an Instagram story that I've ever done ever. And, and it was it was during my cooking thing that one of my recipes called for adding beer to the batter, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, just pitch the rest. Just kidding. Yeah, you know? yeah. But that's the industry, right? right. Like, it, it's... I mean, you understand it more than anybody. Like, that's kind yeah. of the – and I don't know. I guess we're it's, fortunate. It's, kinda, it's that, kind of a weird thing, though, like, if you think about it, that beer and yeah. and fuck was in the industry before <laughs> the industry before was the even industry a fucking was an thing. Industry. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? exactly right. It's very weird. It's weird to think about. Yep. It's very weird. But 
I don't know. Here we are. Whatever. And, yeah, yeah, where, exactly. where can it go next? Well, and straight you know, to the shithole. <laughs> straight, straight, straight to the, and down straight the shitter. To the shitter. Straight um, to the outhouse. I was like, I, as I'm taking beer cans off the table, I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> yeah, we're we'll going to hide these. Yeah. 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 We're not drained. Yeah. Hey, I this need is water in these. these. So, um, so, you know, get, yeah. I'm Arrow, navigating. Yeah. I'm, I'm navigating through the Arrow Wild thing. And, and granted, I handled a lot of the business side of White Knuckle. There was still the there was still a lot of things that I needed to learn and I was still trying to navigate, you know, and learn this, this space myself. Mm -hmm. The key thing that helped me the most getting air wild off the ground and and working with these companies was you got to remember, I was the marketing director of tech money, glacier coolers, wicked tree gear. Mm -hmm. I've seen every person in this industry's media kit. I know every person in this industry's numbers because they've all sent their media kits to me for review to sponsor these people. Yeah. And I'm like, Horrible media kit, horrible media kit. That's a good one. Sponsored that guy. He didn't do crap. Sponsored that guy. He did that, and that actually worked for us and right. converted to sales. So I'm getting to play both sides of the fence, and I'm learning. I'm writing my own you have a playbook. My own playbook. You have a playbook right in front of you. Yes. Yeah, wow. Now, Coach Con, I'm going to have this playbook. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's a great point. <laughs> yeah. So, and, I, and I think, you know, it's one of those things. We all have access to information. It's how you analyze that information and how mm, you sure. store it, save the information, and study it and see how it works. So I'm just constantly, man, I'm you know looking at analytics. I'm looking at numbers. And I'm looking at conversion and things like that. And I started mirroring, took the best of this and the best of this and the best of this. And I'm like, okay, I have an idea. So I started approaching companies that we worked with. And I'm like, right now we're doing this for you. I have a feeling that the web show market is going to continue to be flooded and numbers are going to go down. You can already see the writing on the wall with Facebook and Instagram algorithms. They hate hunting. Oh, yeah. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to create my own insurance policy. I have this camera and I love photography. I will provide you photo assets. It is a tangible item that you'll always have. And Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about deliverables. Or, or reach and organics and, right. and, and engagement. I don't have to worry. I don't have to say I'm going to have X number of people watch this episode or download this number of podcasts. You know yep. what I mean? You guys are killing it. So I wouldn't, you ain't got to worry about shit. But for me, I was like, man, brand new web show. I better put an insurance plan on there mm-hmm. because I understood marketing and knew, you know, let's say somebody's posting two times a day on Facebook and two times a day on Instagram. Well, shit, man, that's 1,400 deliverables they need a year right. just to meet those obligations. Yeah. And having that marketing background, I can go to, say, covert trail cameras. When are you launching this new product? Well, we're going to launch this new camera in July. Cool. Get me one by June. I'll provide you with 30 photos. What day are you launching on? July 10th. Sweet. I'll schedule four or five posts for July 10th, 11th, and 12th. We'll help you guys with your rollout. Yeah. So that's where I see it from a business side and a lot of people in this industry are like, yeah, dude, just give me a check and some free money. Get the hell out of my way. Let me do what I do. I want to be cool. Right. It's, I'm not trying to be cool. There's I'm obligations. trying to help their business. Yep. I want to make their business grow. You're fulfilling, I believe that you're fulfilling that contract. Yes. Because yeah. that, that touches back on, cause you, that's your name on it. Yes. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. You don't want to be famous. You just want to be respected. Yes. You want to be the guy that's like, Okay. Yeah, this guy's got a good look, and he well, can and post a shitload of shit on Instagram, but what's yeah. he really posting rather than, here's what the content is. Yep. This guy's posting big deer, big uh, big food plot plants, big 
was trying to make a uh, weird. It was weird. Our camera guy back there, we're test filming this, and Cam- Cameron's like losing his shit. Good th- we should put you on a mic. Sorry, Cameron. Do, do, do you get what you. I'm saying, though? Like, yeah. I'm like, you're, you're, you want to produce results, but you also want to get good content. But you need the content to be good rather than sure. just some chicken in a bikini. Sure. You well, know. Well, I mean, and, you know, like to tie into a good conversation that I had, you know, Cody and I, uh, DeQuisto, were talking mm-hmm. about this the other day. And he's like, you know, you work out. Yeah, I work out. You work out. Yeah, of course. You know, why do you work out? Well, I want to be stronger. I want to be healthy. It makes the things I do outside um, easier. Easier. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're hiking in and stuff like that. I want to be stronger. Um And is it am I a bad person to say that I also want to look decent, too? Like, does that make me a bad person for no, being that no. vain? You know what no, I'm saying? Well, so throughout this business thing, um, it's a it's a double edged sword because mm-hmm. I want to appeal to companies that I work for because I'm doing a good job for them, and I also know that I need a lot of followers or enough followers to substantiate to make sure that I'm getting them that reach. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're always like it's like you're on the fence where you're okay. Do I need to be a little more popular so yeah, I can yeah, get more engagement? Yeah. But 95% of the people look at you, you work out, and they think just to look better. Right. Not to – Well, there's a whole yeah. lot to it. It's, it. it's a package deal. Yeah. And, For sure. But most people you know, don't look at it that way. Well, and – you know, and, Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I and, get what you're saying. And, and you know, the, and to kind of add to that, I graduated college at 129 pounds. And – um I'm not necessarily going to say I was picked on because I knew my role. I didn't. I didn't mess with people. I didn't want to get right. beat up, right? <laughs> right. Um, but like, I remember growing up and helping my dad, you know, on the farm. And my mom used to always tell me, she's like, "God, I hope that you're bigger than your dad someday." And I'm like, "Why?" And she's like, "Just so life is easier, mm-hmm. work is easier." You know what I mean? What like, a good woman that is. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> she's I like, just, I suck with your dad. He's a puny piece of yeah. garbage. She's like, but, well, eh, you know, I hope you're not. Yeah. She's like, I just, I mean, I've watched him struggle to like, you know, he has like, if you're working by yourself, you know, we've all been out there hanging We've tree stands. There. You get exhausted yeah. and you're tired, you yep. know. And um, so she's like, I just that life's just easier and. Then I remember, um, you know, talking to buddies, and he's like, "Yeah, one thing about being the big guy is kind of cool is nobody ever fucks with you." You know, that's a good point. That's and true. I'm like, "Yeah, I can see where life could just be easier." Yeah. But for me, like, and even my workouts have changed so much. It used to be all like for show muscle. Now it's so much more practical, movement, functional, a lot of rope stuff, and yeah, because it's stuff that I can apply back to what I'm doing and and whatnot. But um, it does make things a whole lot easier, especially, and I do a lot of work myself. I moved to Iowa, didn't know anybody, right? Other than mm-hmm. Todd, and then him and I told each other we wanted each other to fall off the face of the earth, you know? Right, right. So I'm like, oh, great. Now I'm back to working by myself again. Right. Square so, <laughs> one. Yeah. So, I mean, I do, you know, I've, I've got some friends that help me from time to time with some food plots, but man, dude, yeah. I'll tell you, like, my 13 year old is like a champ with me out there, <laughs> helping me, like, tote mineral around trail cameras and checking That's SD awesome, cards. That's awesome. So that helps a lot. And well, let me do this, too. So, and, and we we're on we're on the whole Arrow Wild uh-huh. story, yep. but we're we're branching off, which I think is good. That's the beauty of, of podcasting. I, we watched several episodes, uh-huh. and and I've said it before. I don't watch hunting shows. Uh-huh. I don't watch them. I don't listen to hunting podcasts. I, I do watch some hunting shows, I guess, like a couple. Um, we were watching your, on Carbon TV, uh-huh. my dad, and there, yep. all this stuff is linked in, in the description of the episode already. Um, I really enjoy it. Appreciate it. Um, the first episode I watched was you going out finding sheds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were basically self filming yourself. Yep. I self film. You were self filming. Self filming. Yeah. And 
I really enjoyed it. Me I and Cameron are watching. I'm like, I like this. Yeah. And I would be honest if I was, if if I didn't like it, I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, I watched right. it. You just yeah, move on. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would just be like, I don't watch them. Yeah. But like in person, this show sucked. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. You know, I know you're a marketing guy, but yeah. no, I really did enjoy it. Yeah. I I did and. It was easy to watch. It wasn't uncomfortable. Uh-huh. A lot of them are cringeworthy now. They, they are. They are. And it, it sucks. I get Everyone's doing their own thing, and people are still figuring it out. And people might think our show's cringeworthy. Yeah. That's, I get it. Well, Sorry about that. Well, like the, the we episode, apologize. The epi- My bad. The episode where you're eating a, where you're eating a beet? A turnip. A yep. turnip, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, a that's beet. totally that's totally me. Like, you gotta, like, yeah, like, you got to hey, taste it. If the deer are going to eat this. I gotta try one. Once. Yeah, I've you know? literally seen Eric eat some big time. Yeah, big buck birch. Oh, dude, I I eat mineral no, no, all the no, time. The, uh, I'll taste sure it. Rush. Yeah. Sure yeah, might rush. As well. Yeah, I mean, if they're gonna eat it, yeah, might as well try so it once. Where can people begin? Arrow Wild TV, Carbon TV. Yeah, Carbon TV, YouTube, um, Carbon TV. I'll be honest. I mean, I'm I haven't I, I had a lot of early success with Carbon, and I'm seeing like a little bit of a trail off. Um. And I'm not sure what's going on there. It could be my show sucks. You know? No, I, I but, we're on Carbon TV as well. Um, or we have a separate video series on Carbon TV, right. and we're launching season two now. Mm-hmm. Um, I would agree with you. It seemed like it's it's falling off a little bit, and you know, with the Carbon and my outdoor TV and that stuff, and Waypoint, I've always looked at them. I'm like, one and of these Masio days, Go or whatever it's called yep. now mm-hmm. too. I'm yep. like, one of them is gonna nail it eventually, mm-hmm. and it'll be great. I'm like, yeah, maybe they should just all merge together and just. Rocking out! I honestly believe One that's giant the way to go. Big platform. Yeah. That's the so, way to go. I really do think that. But YouTube um, is something I'm really trying to grow a lot more, and, and we do put the episodes out sometimes, you know, mm. through Facebook. Um, we but, suck at YouTube, man. We suck so bad, dude. At YouTube. Me too. I like. I'm horrible. Like, uh, I had well, I had a post the other day. I kind of ran it a little bit. I mm-hmm. try not to do that, but I'm. <sighs> Dude, they changed the numbers. They, you know, you got to have all these special tags. I don't have that information, man. I'm just putting out in, yep. putting out an episode, like right. doing as real as I can. We're giving away some stuff, and I'm like, you know, every episode I put out there, it's kind of one of those like, hey, this is what worked for me. Yeah, it may not work for you, but it worked for me. So I'm not telling you this is the only way to do it, but maybe give this a shot. That's how I want to come. I mean, maybe we fail sometimes, but like with our partners, like we're not telling you need this, uh-huh. but we like it. Yeah. And we, they, we wouldn't have them as a sponsor and we wouldn't ask them to sponsor our show if we didn't like it. Right. You know, if, if elite bows example, and you know, you know, we love our elites. I have to love them. You know, if, why would I want to be sponsored by them? Um, like one with custom gear, which kind of ties mm-hmm. in how, and I don't think we ever covered this story yet. Mm-hmm. We've been yeah. going on. We yep. were wanting to talk about yeah. this, yeah. how we all met. Right. Because right. of Lone Wolf Custom Exactly. Gear. Yep. And so I I don't know. Yeah. But example is I wouldn't want to be sponsored by Lone Wolf Custom Gear if I didn't believe in the product. Correct. You know, yep. believe in the OGs of the mobile hunting game. Yep. You know, the DeQuistos have wrote the book on it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I, it's mind blowing that some people don't understand that. Uh-huh. Like that's Andre DeQuisto is the Bible of mobile hunting. Mobile hunting. Right? He, I mean, nobody was doing it, right? And he he is the god of mobile hunting. I'll are say we, it. Are we going to have to take a pee break or a episode pause break and bring part 2? I would like to do a pee break. All right, Steve needs a pee break. And we're I'm, I'm, I'm just yeah. man, we're we're about to get into some deep stuff. Okay. Yeah. I feel yeah. like deep shit here. Yep. I feel like that'd be a good Okay. I like it. I like it because there is a very interesting story how <laughs> I got into meeting the DeQuistos and mm-hmm. how all of this comes full circle. Okay. Right there. There's the pee break. All right. How Johnny Utah met the DeQuistos. So um, same time that I met 
uh, Todd Prignitz, and mm-hmm. I got involved with Wicked. And like we were talking about just a little bit off recording, um, when I came across Wicked, I genuinely thought I could add value to the company. I could make that company better. And, and the slogan that we used to always say is, hey, we didn't invent the mousetrap. We just made a better mousetrap. Right. And, it's good board And game. I think yeah. sometimes that's that's all it is. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's 2019. There's not a lot of original brand new ideas unless maybe it's a tech thing or, you know, whatever. But yeah. you're just improving something that's existing, right? So um, I meet Todd. And, of course, now I'm meeting a whole slew of people because the only people I knew were hillbillies in Kentucky that I was hunting <laughs> with, you know. Right. And they right. weren't attached to the hunting world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Todd did introduce me to a lot of people. And, you know, back in the day, um, Todd did a lot of work with Lone Wolf. Uh, original Lone Wolf. The OG DeQuisto brand. The OG brand. DeQuisto brand. And he used to tell these stories. Yeah, I used to help Andre do some design work. And, and it was mostly, you know, Andre had the design on a paper, and Todd would help him put it into a CAD drawing because that's yeah. what Todd did for a living, and he did CAD drawings and stuff. So he would help him with that kind of stuff, and he'd help him go bounce around trade shows. So he knew Andre very well. And he's like, dude, I'm telling you, he's a pretty savvy, crude business dude. Like, you don't want to cross him. Yeah, and right. I kept hearing these stories about the lone wolf, you know what I mean? And this guy, like, I'm like, man, he sounds like a real jerk. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to cross this guy in business or in, or in the dark alley. He, yeah. is, he is the lone yeah. wolf. Yeah. <laughs> and um, th- which at the same – about that same time early in that relationship with Todd is uh, I, he knew – he's a big fan of the movie Point Break. I'm a big fan of the movie Point Break. And uh, Keanu Reeves' character in the movie is Johnny Utah. And – being that he's retired, you know, or I'm sorry, he's undercover working with a federal unit. And at the time, that's what I was doing. And so he's like, dude, that's your nickname. You're Johnny Utah. And the name just kind of stuck. I need to watch that movie. I learned. You have to. It's a fantastic, not the new when you, so when you like Netflix, it don't do like the 2015 remake. It sucks. Okay. You got to go with the OG eighties crappy you know what i I mean cgi or non-cgi and that kind of stuff that's awesome you could have gone with the name johnny sins but uh you know it's okay so johnny knoxville or you know but no johnny utah so um so i don't know who andre is other than this persona of andre and then now Todd and I are starting to hit trade shows. And so I might add, that's how most people know Andre. Yeah, right. Because he's he kind, kind of, of like, vanished. Well, he's kind of like a mythical being yeah. in a way. Yeah. He was doing those Lone Wolf production DVDs. But, like, um, unless you were going to trade shows in the late 80s, early 90s, that's the only time you got to meet him. Yeah. That's where a lot of people would go and meet the brand and you know, because he was the brand. Do you, you have know, any of those VHSs? Uh, no, I have DVDs. I don't have any of okay. the VHSs. And um, so – I start going to these shows, and we're doing Wicked. We're doing ATA. We're doing Harrisburg, and, you know, we're doing, like, um, Ohio Deer and Turkey and that yep. kind of stuff. Yep. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I see this XOP company. And I'm like, what is that? Mm-hmm. And I don't know any of the background at this all point. Right. All I think is that Andre had a company, and he sold a company. Okay? Yep. That's the only story I've been told. And – I'm like, man, that stand looks a lot like an XOP. That's that's kind of odd. I'm like, who's this? Who's this like muscle bound? Like dude? a lone wolf? Yeah, it looks like yeah. a lone wolf. Yeah. I'm like, who's this muscle bound guy covered in like tattoos, like <laughs> all the way up the neck and everything? <laughs> and um, and like every trade show I go to, like I'm seriously like the guy is staring a hole through me. Like he doesn't want to <laughs> shoot me. He doesn't want to fight me. He wants to cut me. You know what I mean? I'm like Sons of Anarchy style. Like intimate? Like yeah. just oh, like bro, bro I yeah. know that look. Yeah. Cody hates my guts. Yeah. I'm like, this guy seriously I think. And then somebody goes, That's Cody DeCristo, that's Andre's son. And I'm like, 
if that's the son, like <laughs> I don't even ever want to meet Andre. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Because right. holy shit, like all right. these stories are true. So that's I'm like, hilarious. I was like, I'm just going to avoid this guy because like I already know he wants to fight me. You know, <laughs> and so we just I, so I, avoid, I avoid him for years. Really? Yeah. And then we're in a group setting and somebody says, hey, John, I want to introduce you to Cody DeQuisto. And I'm like, oh, great. You know, I'm like, yeah, I already know go. he doesn't like me. I'm a cop. I read people. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's what yeah. keeps me alive. I know he doesn't like me. And he's like, hey, what's up, bro? I'm like, well, maybe he doesn't hate me, you know? <laughs> and then, like, really fast, him and I start having a lot of conversations. We start bumping into each other at shows, and yeah. and we start like, hey, how's it going? How's it set up? You know, how was the last show? Oh, it was good, you know, blah, blah. He knows exactly who you are, and you know exactly who he is. Right, but we've never, 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 you know, never spoken. That's funny, man. And then right off the bat, within, like, 20 minutes of our first real conversation, I find out, like, the dude loves Aquaman. And I'm like, wait a second. Sons of Anarchy wants to stab me. His hero is Aquaman. I'm like Jason Momoa. Yeah. Oh no, that's oh boy. Yeah. yeah. So, and I'm Different like Aquaman. It's a thing. <laughs> so I'm like, um, I'm like, okay, maybe he's not like a jerk. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, uh, and then I start meeting Andre, hanging out with Andre, and talking to him. And I'm like, he's laughing, cutting up. We're telling each other hunting stories. And yeah. I'm like, these people are nothing like what I thought they were. You know, For it's sure. so yeah. crazy. Well, it's like, funny too because all the DeQuistos, uh-huh. if you meet anyone in their family. You think like, man, that's a they're a tough look. Oh yeah, which is it's a good look. I think <laughs> right. it is for business yeah. and like in in person, it's yeah. a tough look. But like, they're so awesome, they're so cool, yep. like, and totally willing to like help anytime they can. Yeah. You know, Cody will he'll straight up tell you like his hunting strategies, like what he did right, what he did wrong, yeah. and that kind of stuff. And so we had been talking a little bit and. And now I'm starting to learn more about XOP and the the business behind that and, and yeah. kind of what the DeQuisto involvement is on that. Yeah, the whole story, episode 300, yeah. tune, tune in. And I encourage people, please listen to the whole story because I guarantee you 95% of the hunting community has the story wrong. Oh, oh yeah. For sure. Well, maybe yeah, higher definitely. than 95%. I, I had it wrong till we met Cody. Well, if you yeah. don't know, you don't know. And we, right. we covered – most of that on episode 300. Mm-hmm. Did you yeah. listen to that oh, show? Yeah. Do yep. we, you yeah. think oh, it's yeah. fair to say we covered the yeah. majority yeah. of it? Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and it's very clear and can, you know, they, you guys did a good job of like the key points and chronologically, mm-hmm. you know, how it all happened and went together and where it's at now. And so Cody was like, Hey dude, um, I want to talk to you about, you know, this, uh, lone wolf custom gear. I'm like, yeah, what's that? And he's like, ah, oh, we got this new stand coming out, but I know you're very loyal to lone wolf. It goes back to, I knew him. He knew me. He actually knew a whole lot more about me than what I thought he did. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, dude, I know exactly who you are. I know the brands you work with. I've seen you at the shows. I know who, you know, he's like, and you work with a lot of That's top quality brands. That's why when you exactly look at you, you're like, oh, he wants to kick my ass, but he knows. He's, he's a true he goes, I know exactly who that guy is. I That's know exactly a, who that guy is. That's how assassins operate. Assassins don't operate you on study luck. your target. You need to study. That's right. Cody's We're breaking it down like this. Bro. I was like, Cody was in the industry and knew another dude that was in the industry. <laughs> right, right. It, it was really. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting props. The guy hates my guts. I'm glad you guys are all on it. Like <laughs> Steve, a good. Steve plays it off like Cody does not hate you. <laughs> yeah. but, no, let's let's go. But, but it's Cody's fun, good shit. But it's funny to. We'll just play it off that Cody hates you, even though I he think doesn't. Just to keep it yeah. because Cody is like the complete opposite of the spectrum of oh yeah guy, guys uh-huh. fit i uh, got a family that loves them uh you know in a very successful company and <laughs> i uh just sit at home with my dog and cry while my turtle watches me too Dude, it's uh-huh. a, you know it's a complete opposite yep but it is, Cody it is. Gotta figure it out yes. man. well in jealous he had, he had approached me and said hey he said I, i'd like to do something with you with lone wolf custom gear mm-hmm. but 
I know your relationship with Lone Wolf Portable Tree Stands. I've been with Lone Wolf Portable Tree Stands, or was with Lone Wolf Portable Tree Stands since 2013. Mm -hmm. If you go to their website, I haven't been there in the last couple of months, but as of two months ago, 90% of their photos on their website is either a picture I took or a picture of me. Right, which is cool for you. Which is all of their background imagery and and all that stuff. And um, so this year at ATA, we're talking. He bumps into me, and and we're talking a little bit. And he's like, yeah, I know you got that loyalty to Lone Wolf, but if there's something ever down the road, like, I'd love to work with you. And, I I mean, I'll be honest. I don't think of myself as anybody important. So on the inside, I'm like, dude, Cody DeCristo wants to work with me. Like, that's rad. That makes two of us, bro. Yeah. I'm like, well, he wanted to work with me and Eric, not you, Steve. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Steve. Uh, so I'm like, that's pretty cool. He wants to work with me. Like, uh, you know, uh, that's that's neat. And so then I go and I start talking to Lone Wolf about this year. I'm like, hey, guys, going to keep the price the same. You know, we're going to do this. You know, this is what we're doing. Yeah. But now the platform has grown. We're reaching more people for you. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to go a different direction. Hmm. What? I've never lost a sponsor, a marketing partner before. And I'm like, Really? Okay. Okay. So I'm like, hmm. big gulp. Say, see you later. Yeah. Damn, you just got broken up with, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird feel? thing because I just like, got dumped. I'm worth more, and you're gonna drop me. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. And I felt, and I, I was mad because like a lot of the Sitka ambassadors are using Lone Wolf because I got them set up to work mm. with Lone Wolf. Right. There's a lot of. Sitka promotion. That you was built done this like foundation of your people. Yep, and that's that. That's something that it's hard to explain to companies that I work with. Is like I think of myself as like a master co-brander. Yeah, you know, integrate which is the huge. Like There's so together. much value in that because yep. you, it's it's money. Yes, it, it, essentially, at a it basic makes point sense. Money. You yep. know, for brand like brands to align with yep. each other. And a lot of companies say, you know, oh, no, we're going to do this on our own. No, no, do it together. You reach, you, right. you tap into each other's it's audience. better, yeah. And um, so I was, I mean, I was, I'll be honest, like, I was kind of hurt. I'm like, for real? Like, what a bunch of, seriously, it's like a, a huge letdown. Yeah. So I called Cody and I said, hey, man, um, yeah, I want to work with you. <laughs> I still did not know at that point exactly all the details of how Lone Wolf Portable Tree Stands, XOP, and how that was all going to work. Yeah. And I said, but I have one question for you. I have to know 100%. I need to see behind the Wizard of Oz curtain. I need to know how this all worked. Yeah. So he laid it all out for me, and I went, oh. It makes sense. Yeah, this makes sense. And it then I, sense. I thought, okay, I can do this because I'm not breaking loyalty. Right. I got dumped, but what I would say is I've stuck with the DeQuistos. The OGs, I, man. I got dumped, I, I but I'm doing her sister, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I stayed. I I started out using Andre's original patent, and so XOP is the show sponsor for Arrowwild TV, mm-hmm. and then me as an individual, I work with Lone Wolf Custom Gear. Um, so I'm still utilizing and using and and sticking true to Andre and Cody's patents. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been loyal to. And, you know, I used this analogy the other day, and actually I was telling Cody my analogy for navigating through the hunting industry. And he's like, bro, that's actually a really good analogy. I, If you're on the interstate, you got your vehicle set of cruise control, you're doing 75, whatever, and you don't want to have to tap the brakes and you got to reset your cruise control, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're always looking ahead, mm-hmm. the lane, and I got a slow car in my lane. Well, I'm going to get into the right it. lane, 
and then once I clear them, I'll move back into the left lane or whatever, mm-hmm. and I never have to take my foot off the brake. By the I'm way, not, that's illegal. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to throw it out there. That, <laughs> is, that is an illegal move, and you as a cop should, of all people should especially know, especially you as a narc. Cop, right. Right? <laughs> right. You the least cool guy at the party. It's like, hey, who's got some cocaine, bros? They got this dude's a fucking cop, but he's going to hit an eight ball yeah. off the urinal. Yeah. Steve's trying to throw her way off the rails here. Right. So way I apologize on his behalf. Well, so, but yes, he well, just full blown ignored you and went back. That yeah, I'm just this. like I'm yeah. like that's well, like gonna copy hey, this. You're getting used to us. Good job, <laughs> yeah. man. Good job. Well, I have this the, this like I said, and, and and I I really do like this analogy, and it's not like a thing where I'm patting myself on the back. I just think. It's a good analogy for people to look at this and it to notice what other people are doing, you know, and you can apply this to other things in your life too, not just navigating through the hunting yep. industry. But I have a goal. I'm always looking, you know, uh, in front of me down the road. I'm not detouring and taking a different road. I'm on the highway and that highway is taking me to the destination that Ooh. I want to go to. And you're set on cru- cruise I'm control. I'm on cruise control. Yep. I'm not speeding and trying to take any shortcuts and pass a bunch of people unnecessarily or rudely. Yeah. But I've got it set on cruise control, but I'm never going to put my foot on the brake. So if I have to get into the right lane or the left lane and go around something, I went around Lone Wolf Portable Tree Stands. I'm back on that same road again and yeah. I'm cruising along. Ooh, right. I love back that. On the so, same path. So if you make a dumb comment I, or analogy, is, I'm going to slap the fuck out of you. This is not a bad. This is not. I'm this over it. I'm over it for this episode. Wait, this is not. Hey, pull your wait, Kurt, take your headphones off because it's going to happen. I'll, I'll, I'll pull the headphones off. I, I am I'm curious. So now, after you get this phone call, you know, obviously. Uh, he called Cody, up, by the leading way. Leading up to the history. Yep. Kurt, raise your hand. Raise your hand because it's going to happen. Now, <laughs> you're on a new life path and you're like, oh, shit, I've been dropped by a sponsor. Now you're looking at your kids. Yep. Your wife and you're like, I've got to figure out what I'm going to do. So obviously that conversation is not the best conversation, but yep. where's your mindset at when you're like, dude, I have to make a decision here. Mm-hmm. So you call Cody. Well, like, where is your mindset? He at, already explained at it. He was with the OGs the whole time. But so he, was he called the Cody and said, yeah. I want to work with you. He so, already went over this. So <laughs> when I called Cody, I said, hey, I said, I told him straight up. I said, yeah, um, I kind of stalled on you and said, appreciate it. Um, I said, but something has changed. Lone Wolf dropped me. And um, I said, I want to know more about, and that's why I said, I need to know. Now I need to know the background of the business. Can I get behind it? Do I see the loyalty, integrity? If you you guys like undermined something or took some shortcuts or screwed somebody over, I don't, that's not my bag. I don't want to yeah. be. I don't want my name attached to that. And that's pretty cool. Of you to call him directly and just be like, "Hey, mm-hmm. give yep. me the give me the like, rundown." I need to know the rundown. Give me and, the dates. And you know, and that's and legitimately that's how I've done every company that I've worked with. Like mm-hmm. I want to know the story. I want to know their direction. Um, and once he told me what was up, and I'm like, oh, one, I can respect that. Yeah. Two. That's business savvy as hell. hell the yes. best business plan. It's yes. unbelievable how smart that was. And I have a lot of respect for that. And so I'm like, okay, that's a brand I can get behind, not just because the product's awesome, but because you guys are smart and I yep. like, I want to do business with that. And that's how I want to go forward. Yeah. And I, I mean, who, and who doesn't like extremely lightweight tree stand, you know, Dude. and th- that innovation. Right. So, um, we hooked up and he didn't ask me anything like what is lone wolf? What's your lone wolf deal? He made an offer. Um, and, and I jumped on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's it's great. Like, and I told him, I, we were joking. I said, you know, sometimes people have like ulterior motives to things, right? I'm like, I have one with Lone Wolf Custom Gear. And he's like, really? And like, you're going to tell me that? I'm like, yep. 
my motive is I'm going to learn more about hunting from you. And I yeah, said, that's so motive. that's that's a fact. Yep. And he's like, really? And I went, yep. That's my ulterior motive. That's a good I motive. To learn man. more, yeah, and shit. that just shows that I wanted to let it. I wanted it right up front to show him exactly how much I'm setting my ego to the side, and I'm admitting that he hunts. He's a better hunter than I am, mm-hmm. and, and I want to be a better hunter. So there's always something to learn. I can learn from all of you guys too. There's something you can learn from everybody. Yeah, and it's no so bull. Said, it's no bullshit. Yeah, I'm like yeah, I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, tying back in like with the DeQuisos, yeah. like I. I don't know Andre as well. I know I've, uh-huh. I I ate dinner at his house like a couple months ago, which was crazy. Like yeah. I, I we did a uh, one of the video shoots with one of Custom Gear. Like uh-huh. and to see myself in the video shoot like with Cody. Like I have a Lone Wolf Custom Gear hoodie on. Cody has a working class bow hunter oh, cool. podcast hoodie on. Like to see that I'm like it's kind of like I'm like holy shit. Look at this. Uh-huh. But I don't really realize like holy shit until my wife is like Kurt. Holy shit. You have hunted out of a lone wolf <laughs> stand your entire right. life. Like, we bought them from the Illinois show when I was, like, 14, 15. That's awesome. The Alpha 2s. Like, I was probably talking to Cody, but don't remember. Right. And we I killed to, all yeah. my biggest bucks out of that stand. Uh-huh. And to be like, Kurt, you're in one of the video promos for this lone wolf custom gear stand. That's cool. And when she says it, I'm like, that's fucking yeah. mind-blowing. Like, uh-huh. it's a dream come true, right? Yeah. And me and Cody have so much in common being... BMX kid, he's a skateboard kid. We're both tattooed. Yeah, gauges in the ears for the hunting industry is strange, uh-huh. and he only lives an hour away from me. Like I'm like, how have I not known you? And right. we just got along so well, so it's cool. And I'm like, kind of trying to like pinch myself, like be a sponge. Like when he talks about hunting, shut the fuck up and listen to just him. Like I tell Steve, yeah. shut the fuck up when guys like that talk and take notes, dude, because yeah. you'll learn so much from yeah. guys like. Cody and Andre and just the OGs of of mobile hunting. They wrote the book on what yeah. this is, and that's how I could probably, you know, I can confidently say ninety percent of the big bucks that are killed and patterned are because of the DeQuistos platform. Sure, you sure. Know? I mean, they wrote that's, the book on it. You know, they I mean, did, Andre yeah. wrote the book on it. I mean, he did it for years and years and years before it was a thing. And what I find funny too is all of those years. And how come now, all of a sudden, in the last two, three years, did it start becoming super popular? Is it social media? Is that is that one of the good things that social media did? Is it has yeah, shed more yeah. light on some of those things? Um, I, but my neat. theory is the guys that have known about it, it has worked for them. Mm-hmm. And I think they just didn't tell they, anybody. And they've stuck with it. Well, And I think social media has brought with the guys that knew how it worked. Mm-hmm. They brought that to for everyone else because of social media. Yep. So now you got new guys doing the the public land thing, and that's awesome. The public land, the private land thing, yep. doing the hang and bang, hang and hunt, whatever you want to call it, yep. the running gun, whatever. And there's guys that it, it's easier to grasp onto and learn mm-hmm. quicker. So there's new people that have only been hunting a year, two, three years yep. that are doing this hunting that – Guys that took it might in the day before Facebook was big, before Instagram was big, it took them ten, twelve years to grasp onto that theory. Right. And, and and I think people kind of don't have a grasp on who is the OG of that type of hunting and show the respects of where that that roots came from. Well, I mean, I mean, and why know, it makes sense, and why it makes sense, and yeah. why it makes sense. Sure, and and I know you know I talk to a lot of guys too that are a lot younger than me, half my age. And they're like, yeah, dude, I'm going to get this lone wolf portable tree stand. Dude, they invented mobile hunting. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're 20. And if they just got into hunting, 
they don't have a clue who Andre is. Right. Yeah. They have no idea. Yeah. Like, I'm good friends with, you know, like Tim Sylvia. And yeah. he lives down the road from me. Yeah. And people that are younger than me, you know, a lot of people are like, mm, I've heard of, like, George St. Pierre, but I've never heard of Tim Sylvia. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Did Chuck Liddell right. knock him out? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, right. So yeah. it's kind of one of those things. Like, you know, there's an age thing to it. and um, It's the biggest thing probably, right? Yeah. And, I mean, I wish I could have met Andre back in the heyday, you oh, know. Dude, yeah. um, And that would have been neat. But – you know, and seeing the way he built that, I mean, that was essentially it kind of started as like a direct to consumer business because yeah. he was selling at trade shows before Amazon, before, you know, yeah. websites were a thing. Like um, since 84, he, he's owned the brand. Yep. He is the OG. Yeah. I mean, he, he is kind of the OG. Well, isn't it cool when, like, you talk to Andre? He is intimidating. They have that look. And uh-huh. he has that look like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't, yeah. I, I don't give a fuck. It's hey, just well, kind well, of like, it's a confident look. You go and talk to me, he's a nice dude around. Kurt, yeah. what was more intimidating? Asking. Sam's father for his daughter's hand in marriage or talking to Andre for the first time. <laughs> Andre, I, I respect him so much and I kind of like idolize him as like this, I hate to say like mythical being, but like you got to understand true. like how I grew up and like look at this, like he's Andre DeQuisto, you know, like, yep. and, and people that are listening, I'm, I have my hands up like there he is. <laughs> and I went to, when I was <laughs> over at their farm, and we ate dinner and stuff. Like at first, I didn't like shake his hand. Like I was like shy and timid. He's like, "Hey, man, how you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, yeah. oh my god, he wrecked." Yeah, I talked to you at the show. Hey, good to see you. Right. Then I like kind of opened up. I'm like, like you felt like you should take your hat off at dinner and yeah. like, do all this proper. I shit. just wanted to like buy my hat. Like after you, sir. Like yeah. I'll follow you in. <laughs> right. But he was just like so down home and really cool and like making jokes with me. But I feel and the same. You went way. to his house and you cooked his dinner. You know. Um, yeah. I, sh- I wish I should. I, I should have done that. Yes. I'm like, what do you need? You know, you want to you want to refill you. the water, Mister Andre DeQuisto? Yeah. from here on like, house. I got you. Like easy, kid. You don't have to say my full name, right? But I, I just respect him. And, yeah, and no, I, I respect what he's what he's done from the you know industry standpoint, and um, he gets a little extra respect for me having designed products. Yeah, and, and still designing products the um, best. You know, right now I'm designing some products with Mystery Ranch uh, packs and. Um, that's a ton of fun. So working with different materials, normally it's yeah. been casting type stuff, which, mm-hmm. again, the OG Lone Wolf Tree Stand cast aluminum. Mm-hmm. The Wicked Tree Gear saws were cast aluminum handles. Yeah. You know, okay. And that's where a lot of that came from. And um, That's super cool. So it's just it's funny how it all came full circle with being in business with Todd. And, and Todd, you, it was um, – Andre was a mentor to Todd. And then hearing these mythical stories, never met the man. And then now going out to dinner and now I'm working directly uh-huh. with them and doing photography and videos and stuff. And, and, you know, there's not a lot of people that are working with Lone Wolf Custom on the stand side. I mean, I think yeah. you and I are two of three, <laughs> right? Yeah, like right. Lone, the podcast, right. yeah. you and I don't know who else. I, right. So, it, you know, it, it makes me feel good um, about making those right connections. And it's a small industry. So, you know, you, you get a bad name and you screw over a company and you don't meet your obligations. Like you get found out quick, yeah, right? Oh, for sure. So I, I well, like you have to that. be about it. You have to be right or die, especially with yes. like a company, like one with custom gear, like right. all of us are, we're, I mean, we're right or die for something like that. It's yep. uh, that those opportunities aren't often, and it's something I can believe in because it's responsible for almost every deer on my wall right yep. now. Yep. You know, so it's like the proof yet yeah, is there. Well, one of the funny stories I told Andre one of the first times that we like really, really talked um, when I got my first lone wolf tree stand. Fortunately, I was smart enough to go and try to do a hang in my backyard before I took it out. Like very the real deal. 
and it took me like 45 minutes to hang the first set, you know, four right. sticks in a stand. And I'm like, this is stupid. You know, like <laughs> I'll never be able to do this. And I tore it down. I'm like, all right, let's try it again. 20 minutes. Yep. Tore it down, yep. tried it again, 15 minutes. You know, and then it's 10 and then it's eight, and then it's seven. And I'm like, this is awesome. Because all, I mean, Kentucky was ladder stand, rifle hunting. That's all we did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody I knew. And, and you know, I, a funny story. I actually hunted. Sitka sent me to an outfitter in Illinois last year. And uh, I, won't, I won't name the outfitter or name the guide. But I pulled up, and I had a lone wolf with me. And he's like, what is that? I'm like, lone wolf tree stand? And he goes, are they new? I'm like, no, no. He's like, where are they out of? Oh. 20 miles down the road. Well, that's a tough one, man. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, man, I'm a guy myself. Yeah, is I'm that like, cool? <laughs> yeah, I think I'll, yeah, I think I'll do my own thing. Sure, yeah, like, hey, here's the uh, mineral sites that you can go ahead and head to. Uh, <laughs> don't tell nobody. We got yeah. River's Edge ladder stands at each one, so make yourself <laughs> oh, a home. Dude, come on. I was like, I'm just going to grab my. Uh, hey, my, my dad bow killed my most horns. of his. He killed a lot of deer out of River's Edge, River's Edge climber. I get. It. I'm yeah. not knocking. I'm just saying. And in, in, in you know, and in, in all fairness, um, which. Isn't that a funny thing? Like in now in today's age, like anytime you say something, you almost have to be like, but I don't have anything against other yeah. tree stand right, companies. Right. You you can kill Especially a deer. Especially in the hunting industry. Oh my People God. are, they'll bite you for saying one thing. If you like fixed, you like expandables. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. yeah. You knock one thing on a bow. It's like, oh dude, you're a, you're straight up. Like if you knock one thing on a PSC, it's like, man, I don't it's really conversation, like, man. It's conversation, man. It's a whole, like you hate the company. It's just like, conversation. Dude, yeah. But, it's, but it's let's say because of the funny enough, like mm-hmm. we're sitting here having this fairly long podcast yeah, yeah, and you're here at my house in our, in the working class bow hunter studio. Yep. We're all getting along. Like we got along from the first time we met, yeah. but we met because of the Dequista. Correct. Yes. Right. So yep. it, it's cool how that tied in. Well, and how I ended up being at that Wisconsin show was February. Um, shoot. I'm trying to think of the exact date. I've got it written on my calendar at home. February 19th at but, 6, 19 PM. <laughs> well, <laughs> just, that's right. That's pretty, <laughs> that's actually, that's, that's almost scary close because I woke up that morning. My phone had been ringing all night long and I'm like, what the hell is going on? You know, this is more than telemarketers and this is more than people wanting to get sponsored by wicked. So I answered the phone. I looked, and I had all these voicemails, and people were like, "Hey, dude, what's up with Todd? What's up with Todd? What's up with Todd? What's up oh, with Todd?" Yeah. And it was people trying to get a hold of me. And it's when Todd had his ATV accident, yep. and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Now, in full also disclosure, we had a big blow up, but at Harrisburg this year, we bumped into each other in the hallway, and I just said, "Hey, dude, enough's enough. Burying the hatchet. Yep. You and I were best oh. friends, business partners for a lot of years." I know that we said a lot of things we didn't mean. Let bygones be And I said, I'm done. I'm done carrying this around. At the end of the day, it was, you know, on the surface, it looked like we hated each other. Mm -hmm. In reality, to Todd and I, we were brothers. Yeah. And we were fighting like brothers. We still loved each other. You know what I mean? We just were really mad at each other because we were both so headstrong, passionate about what we were doing, you know? And um, so we buried the hatchet, and I know it meant a lot to him because he told mutual friends of ours, like, hey, dude, Todd called me immediately. You have no idea what that meant to him that you guys buried the hatchet. And I'm like, oh, my God, you have no idea what it meant to me. Yeah. It's a relief. So right after Harrisburg is when he gets in that ATV accident, and he's he's hospitalized. Now, you know, being a cop for all those years, I've been in the ERs. I've seen the bad accidents, and I'm like, I just – I already know. When I started hearing about the damage that was done and, and, you know, what he was up against, I'm like, 
damn it. You know what I mean? Like I just, right. I know the way this story ends, but I'm still praying that everything has a miracle. Right. And then a couple of days goes by phone rings. I get a call from the owners of Tecamani holdings and they're like, Hey bro, how's it going? My God, just, I haven't rational. I haven't, I've kind of compartmentalized this thing with Todd. It hasn't hit me. I'm just, God, I, I feel sick to my stomach about it, but I'm very, you know, grateful that we mended fences. Yeah. And they're like, well, Hey, uh, that last paycheck you got five days ago, that's the last paycheck you're getting. I'm like, excuse me. Like the same time. Yeah. I'm like same week to like two days later. I'm like, am I being fired? And they're like, oh, shit, no, you know, no, you're not being fired. Like, dude, you did a phenomenal job for us. We're having some financial struggle, you know, struggles, and we're just we're going to have to temporarily shut the company down to avoid real financial problems. So we're laying everybody off. Holy shit. I'm like, I'm your marketing guy. I'm your product designer. I run your websites. I do your brochures. I do your photography. Yeah, if you're out there trouble. I'm like, oh, shit. There is no rebounding, you know? Um. So now I'm dealing with the emotions of a company that I helped build blood, sweat, and tears is now hemorrhaging, and who knows what the future is going to be. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this is the worst week ever. Right. Three days later, I get a phone call. Todd died. Holy shit. And I'm like, fuck me. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is ultimately the worst day. Um, I'm like, and, and it finally did hit me about two months ago. Um, sitting at the house in my office and just broke down. Finally, you know. Right. Um, but it was just built up and built Were up. Were you waiting for that? Were you wondering I, why? I was, I was one, yeah, because I'm like, I know I'm not a heartless bastard. Like, right. why? But it was from the cop training. You know, you, you see so much bad stuff, you just compartmentalize it, compartmentalize right. it. Unfortunately, that's why a you hold lot it, You of, hold it all in. Yep, and that's why I always say everybody has a cup, and when the cup runneth over, then you get – um, military law enforcement suicides. I mean, it's a fact that law enforcement is number one career in divorces and suicides. Um, so you're trained. To, you, you can't deal with it. You just compartmentalize it. And I think eventually you have to let that cup drain out. So let to it all speak. go. Yeah. And it finally hit me, and I broke down, and and I was I was thankful because I'm like, oh, I do I actually do have a heart. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but it, again, it was just the way I was built and the way I'm designed, and yeah. I finally dealt with it, and it was good, uh, and I'm glad, um, you know, that I was able to, to deal with it. Like I said, forever glad that him and I were able to patch patch things. Yeah, up. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, but so that was then I started Johnny Utah Creative. And I'm like, I got to do something, right? You mm-hmm. know, and every service that I offered Tecamani Holdings, I now offer to the public. And, you know, doing some design work, you know, with a pack company in, in Montana. And and um, I work with uh, with Old Barn, a tannery taxidermy yeah. business. Yeah, our know, buddy uh, nice. Julian Loker. Yep. yep. He's, uh, I see him all the time. I got a mount from Julian in the living yep. room right so now. So anytime I do you too. see he did his, my meal, uh, dear. Yeah. Well, if, if you see his picture on the Old Barn, I took it. So oh, nice. I do all their photos and stuff That's in-house. Awesome. and. And do uh, do a lot of marketing stuff uh, for them, and you know I've got some photo retainer clients, and then you know Arrow Wild TV. So there's a couple of different you know yeah. revenue streams, but it's all based in the outdoor industry, whether it's marketing, photography, product design, or just simple consulting, which yeah. is awesome. That's very so, cool, man. Well, good for you, dude. That's yeah. a, that's yeah. awesome. It's a cool. I can't imagine like having like the three calls in a, oh, yeah. like a week, a week, yeah, like was, five days, eight, eight days total. Yeah, yeah, Jeez. dude. That's. It's insane. Yeah. It, it's it's crazy how, like, the timing of things, like, worked out. Like, mm-hmm. if you, like, bury the hatchet right there. Like, imagine if you hadn't Holy have done crap. that. You That's know? what my wife said. So I, I told my wife, like, um, you know, we were – I didn't tell her the details about the accident, but I 
I told her all the details then after he passed. And she's like, oh, my God. And then her eyes got real big. And I'm like, what? And she goes, what if you guys had not had patched things up in Harrisburg? And I'm like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? I'm like, and it just, I thought about it. And I'm like, you know what? Life is too short. Way too short. Yeah. Um, to, To hold those kind of grudges, you know, like, I mean, and I'm passionate and I'm stubborn, but relationships are so much more important to me now every yeah. every day they become more and more important you know? yeah um and again those relationships and doing what you say you're going to do and being loyal to those companies that you work with is the reason why i have a job mm-hmm. that's yeah. the reason why yeah four months after losing i mean i'll tell i'll tell everybody I mean, it's a six-figure job and you know four months after losing that job you know i'm not making six figures but I'm paying the bills. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. And it was because of those friendships and those relationships yeah. and the loyalty and, and stuff like it that. It boils down to the end of the show. Respect is, yep. is a lot. Of, yep. I mean, not all. Not. I mean, actually, yeah, it does boil down most times to that because that's why you were in the positions. And yep. you earned it, though. You earned your respect and earned your. Well, now, I can say that really. between all three of us right here, me, Kurt, yeah. and Steve, that we've all had our tests. We've all done it. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, happens. you got to have And we're like, we're like, you know what? Fuck it, life's way too short. Well, it it's is. normal human interaction too. Like it is too. I, you, me, and Eric might hate each other for five days straight, and then we're like, "Hey, dude, we're idiots." I'm like, yeah. yeah, hell yeah, we're we are chance. idiots. And then, will we hate Steve all the time? Yeah, but, no, that's, right. just, that's <laughs> just a different thing. Steve dude. just hated it's all just, the time. Hey, but well, no, like is what it is. we joke with Steve, but it's uh that's our dynamic, you uh-huh. know. Like Steve knows I don't actually hate him I all the hate, time. I actually yeah. hate like, him. You know, here's I hate you like seventy percent of the time. Like, yeah, and that's just like how we work, uh-huh. you know. Like, dude, here's here, here's a beautiful <laughs> thing. Um, if it wasn't for Eric and Kurt, and this is Steve getting serious, you will not hear a lot of this. Yeah. Oh boy, my life would not be where it's at right uh-huh. now. I have that driving desire. Just to get those these fucks off my back, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what are you gonna do? But my life is very good right now because I've positioned myself with individuals that have greater goals rather than just like, oh man, fuck it, let's see what happens. Let's just uh, try this and see what happens. No, it's like I've got Eric, Kurt, and these guys are like, dude, we need to push to make results happen. Sure. Like, sure, you need to push to have results rather than results just happen. Yep. So. I never really took that in until the past year or so, and it's really paid off, man. And I'm really excited to see what it does in the deer hunting woods because yep. I'm like, if I got these guys pushing me and now I've got that fire under my ass, yeah. like now yeah. I'm like, I know how it feels, like how good it feels to get shit done. And I'm like, I can, I can send them photo proof, like, <laughs> got this my is your year for up. a Pope and Young, Steve. <laughs> Yeah, that's Let's what root I'm doing. for Steve for a Pope and Young. That's dude, what we're that's, double yeah, that's where I'm at. for. That's where I'm at. You guys doing but, shirts? Nobody we knows. should. Oh, dude, if I do, dude, if I do a shirt, it's like I survived 200. Uh, let's see, it was 312. Let's see how many weeks. It'd be like I survived 400 episodes, and I finally heard Steve hit a 125 buck, and all I got was his lousy. All I got was his lousy shirt. T-shirt. <laughs> that's what we're gonna make. What he knows if it doesn't happen, we're literally gonna light a fire underneath his ass. Uh, oh yeah, have to literally firecrackers. Yeah. The fire's been lit, dude. The fire's been lit, embered down. I put new logs on it and fired it back up. I even yeah. got one of those synthetic logs from Farm and Fleet that just lights on its own. I we even reserve the channel. Was the fire lit like four years ago? Yeah, I think like February twenty sixth. Right, hey, shut up. We're, yeah, we're, yeah, we're, yeah, we're not worried, we're not worried about the past. We're worried about the the <laughs> yeah. future, okay, the, okay, the okay. present, and the okay. future. But let's do this. We've yeah. had a long haul of an episode. Yeah. Oh shit, this is badass. A great episode. episode. What have we not hit that we should hit? Or you think on Johnny Utah? Um, let's see. 
How much can you bench press, bro? Uh, right now, three. Push twenty. Way more than I can. Hit it, hey, hit him with some rapid fire. Are you going to hit with rapid I'm, fire? I'm unprepared. All right, I will. Let me grab. All right, hey, for, first question: Rapid fire. Who's your favorite pro wrestler of all time? Uh, Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake Roberts. Yes. Um, you're, you're a thinking school, motherfucker, dude. aren't you? Old school, man. Uh, Solomon Rupp Arena in Lexington when I was a kid. My dad took me there. My my dad and I didn't have the best relationship growing up. I have a big tattoo across my back. It's a 63 Impala Super Sport. And that was the only, well, that was the first thing that my dad and I ever did together. And I was a teenager. I mean, you know, like the typical mom took me to all the track practices. She took me to all the soccer practices. Yeah. Dad was working. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, at the time... I hated him for it. But now as a parent, I look back on it and I say he could have been doing something worse. I mean, he was just working. He was just trying to provide for us. So, yeah. you know, I respect that. Um, but I have a tattoo on the on my back to kind of that first thing that my dad and I did together. But he took me to uh, to go to, to Rep Arena to watch wrestling. And I remember uh, Jake the Snake. And I was like, that guy's awesome. Dude, <laughs> you get a snake. Hey, hey, like well, I, like I said. I just wanted you to say the Bushwhackers because you liked how they came out. You didn't have to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Like I said, that's, that's awesome, like I said before, okay. your old man, my old man, to a T. I, yeah. I have a Cutlass symbol just bring on him my in. side <laughs> because we built a 69 Cutlass together. That's so that's cool. cool. Yep. That's awesome. That's cool. Like I did, Your whole back? Um, It's, yeah, it's. Yeah, pretty much. This is your whole back, yes. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you pull the tape out. Yeah, yeah. It's so got a hell of a long it's a whole shoulder blades. End. And, and if anybody's you know an Impala guy, like oh, yeah. sixty three, like the grill. Oh, I remember yeah. my tattoo guy. He takes a break, and I'm like, "What do you got?" And he's like, "I'm only a quarter of the way through the holes in the grill." <laughs> and he's like, "You are such a dick right now." So he's literally just <laughs> detailing them out. Hole, hole <laughs> in the grill. Yeah, I have a whole Oldsmobile symbol down my side I just because it. of it. That's yep. awesome, man. Too rad. Okay. Let me ask you this question before we close her out. Yeah. So I appreciate you coming to the studio, yeah. man, making it to where we're, we're in studio podcasting. Yeah. Will you come back? Hell yeah, dude. Like tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. Every dude, having, I, this is awesome. I'm having a blast. Um, no, it's it's refreshing. Like I said, I've I've done a lot of podcasts, but I don't feel like I've ever got to like tell the like a full story and to talk to people and tell it real. And I'm not saying I've ever told a fake. I'm just saying to the add-ons, like how yeah. it got to where it is and what it is that I think um, makes up me and, and my background. And, yeah. you know, I'm a big whitetail guy, but my only Boone and Crockett's actually an antelope. Um, That's all, yeah. The, the so, cover art to this episode. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, we haven't even I talked should, about it. We I got, we got another, team. like, three hours to go. Yeah. Is, are we going to record part two right now? Or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's just a good excuse to have you back. Dude, I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah. So I'm all about I, it. No, I really appreciate you yeah, coming thank in. Thank you so hey, much. Hey, maybe next time, because Cody was like, hey, I might just come sit in. Uh-huh. We'll have to do – we'll do a part two. We'll talk about Boone and Crockett Antelope. We should have talked about the Boone and Crockett Antelope if it's the cover art, but we didn't. Well, I mean, let's tell the story. Let's okay, real fast. Fuck no, you don't no, got to no, be no, fast. No, 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 wait. That that's Fuck that gets people coming back. What is the cover art what of the episode? What do you know about the cover mm. art? I don't know. I mean, it's it's not a crazy long story. Let's talk I, about I, it. I, yeah, let's I do mean, it. Just right. kill it. We can do whatever we want. So, 2016, um, I hooked up with a couple of buddies from Sitka that mm-hmm. we were going to go do something different we haven't done before, and somebody said, "Let's go chase antelope." Like that's a semi-affordable hunt, right? It's not yeah. like going out and getting an elk tag or something. So we go out to Montana, and I have not like I don't know anything about it. I'm mm-hmm. thinking I'm a decent shot with a bow. It can't be much different than whitetail hunting. This is simple. You good, Cameron? I are we? What are you guys doing? Sorry to interrupt your story. I got every, you, my whole crew over here looking. No, over I was, the just, I was just checking on camera. We're doing okay. sign language. I was checking on the camera. Right, guy. Sorry, John. Sure he didn't okay, dead. so um, 
we go do public land hunt uh, with bows, you know, in Montana. And we go like the, I think it was the second week of their season, maybe third week of the season. Yeah. And long story short, we get our ass kicked for five days. Rain, wind, you know, it's horrible. Every stalk I went on, I spooked them. Mm-hmm. I, I I took, uh, I'm still waiting for my littering ticket from the state of Montana to come in for all the arrows that I left <laughs> out there that I never found. Car- carbon fragments. Oh my gosh, it was awful, you know? And I'm like, okay. Now I know what I need to do. I need to work on long distance, uh-huh. and I need to work on stalking. So swallow ego, call my buddies, uh, one of my buddies, Lyle, that lives out in Montana. I said, hey, dude, I need, some, I need some coaching on antelope hunting. And he's like, okay, don't waste your time on low percentage stalks. Like, just keep mm. driving. You know, I don't care if you only get four stalks in that day. Just make them high percentage stalks. How Before wild. you get in, out of your truck, make sure you've got – an object to leapfrog behind, you know, say like from this can to that can to, you know, that sage. Yeah. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Yep. And I'm like, okay. Cause I was just going full bore. Like I'll just charge right at them. Fuck them. Right. Yeah. Like if <laughs> I get, get within them. 90, like, but you don't I'm know any, flinging. you don't know any better. I didn't you know never, any. Yeah. You've never done your what, life. What's, what's a Procorn's uh, eyesight distance was like three miles or something. Yeah. They can see or something. They'll, it, it's funny. They'll let you get to like a hundred and they'll just stare at you. And it's like as soon as you break that like hundred yard, ninety yard mark. So ninety nine point eight, you're screwed. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're screwed. Gone. I mean, and it's you know they're fifty five miles an hour. So one minute they're a mile away. That's wild. <laughs> it's nuts. That's and, even crazy to even and, think about. And they there's no like ramp up speed. It's now. They're there. Yeah. They're like the Subaru WR6 STI zero to sixty. You know, like gone. I can really. We that. know about that, Kurt. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, so. I went home dejected. I'm like, man, I just ate a tag. Like, I'm a piece of crap, you <laughs> yeah. know? Um, so it gave me one full year to research, learn, educate myself, and, and crisis rehearsal. I went back into, like, cop mode, you know? So when I'm in that position again, how am I going to react? Mm-hmm. Um, went out the very next year for redemption, and on the fifth day, ended up shooting shooting a goat um, 72 yards. Damn. And on public land, and... And I was so jacked. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I did it, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like a quick cape out, get the meat, because everybody says, you know, their hide slips. And yeah. uh, it is really, really good meat, but you need to get them caped out quick. So get back to Iowa. And uh, I posted a couple of pictures. And I had some photo deliverables for some companies that I worked with on the yeah. project. And so I I post a couple of images. And, and one of my buddies, Jeremy Myers, he lives in West Virginia. And it's he, funny. I know a Jeremy Myers from freaking South Dakota. Oh, okay. So not, I'm one? going antelope hunting with this, oh, nice. this summer. That's rad. Not the same one? No. No. Can't be. Yeah. I was uh, calling him Jeremy Mayer. It's M-A-I-R. M-A-I. I can't remember how he spells it. So he, M-A-I-E-R? Something like that. We he sends me a message. <laughs> he sends me a message, and he's like, hey, did you score that goat? I'm like, no, it's not a whitetail. I don't. You know what I mean? I yeah. know how. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, so he calls me like two days later. He's like, hey, you just score that goat yet? I'm like, dude, like, you're more obsessed with the score of this goat than I am. I'm like, I don't care. You know, like, <laughs> I shot a good, you know, antelope buck on public land with my bow. Right. Like, I've already won. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so he goes, like, two days later, he calls me back and he goes, hey, bro, you going to score that goat ever? I'm like, <laughs> fine. I was like, oh, what are you? So what do I start? I got an inside spread. Uh, and he's like, no, that's not even part of the score. Like you just get, you know, you get you're like, your mass measurements. Yeah, yeah right. you get your your length and you get your cutters. And I'm like, why do you want me to score it? And he goes, dude, I've seen a lot of antelopes posted, and that's a pretty good one. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, screw it, you know, whatever. He sends me, he emails me like the Boone and Crockett scoring sheet. The so score I have, sheet, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, okay, fine. 
I'm like, I'll call you back. So I measure it once. I write the number down. And then I measure it a second time, write the number down. Do it a third time. And I'm like kind of doing conservative. I'm not like stretching or anything right, crazy or right. going to the tips. And I come within like uh, a quarter of an inch variance of all three numbers. You yeah. know? And so I call him and I give him the lowest number. I'm like, I'm 80 and five eights. And he's like, you son of a bitch. And I'm like, what? And he's like, you're five eighths of an inch over Boone and Crockett. <laughs> he's like, you yeah. just killed your first Boone and Crockett animal. And you did it with a bow on public land. And I'm like, yeah, but it wasn't a white tail. Our mindset is wired different. I'm just, I'm so whitetail. But, you know, one thing I can say is um, I, I trained myself to shoot longer distances before I went out there. Yeah. And there was tactics about that hunt that I have then applied to whitetail hunting and vice versa. You know, I tried to whitetail hunt them a little bit and I've tried to antelope hunt whitetails. Um, So, it makes me want to go out west and and do different animals. Not because it's a cool thing nowadays, and everybody's going out west yeah. and doing that. I, I like the adventure. I, I don't mind failure now. I'm yeah. 41, and I don't mind failing as long as I learn something from it and I got my ass kicked in a good way. I'm just, glad but, that we took the extra mile and went that story because my plan is to go to South Dakota to mm-hmm. do public land antelope with my buddies from Buckstorm Productions. Yep. Dude, let's talk about it, and and maybe there's a few pointers I can. Yeah. You know, help you yeah. um, to kind of help with that crisis rehearsal. Because, like, if you kind of can, and if you can kind of game plan it out before it happens, like that was so huge. Yeah. Um, well, and that's just the thing. Like going to conversations will happen. Going going yeah. to Nebraska, like uh, mule deer hunting. Yep. It was all spot and stock. Uh huh. Yeah. Which I've never done in my life. Nope, me neither. Didn't know anything about it. You can't do it here. No. Oh, you can't. It, certain situations yeah. they're rare. Right. They're rare. But the things I learned out there, I kind of took into the whitetail would hear you know you kind of learn from each Makes side of the story here yeah yeah i yep. mean it does i mean you can almost apply that spot and stock approach to your entry exit into trees you stands. can you can for sure yep absolutely yeah there's, yeah there's a lot that's of, a good good tip mm-hmm. i like it yeah. that's how you should approach your stands think about it you should you should like a ninja you're sneaking in but you've never done the spot and stock before so you, it, it, so, it, it well, kind of throws a stick in the spokes you know you're like i think i'm good at being sneaky and stealthy yeah. but then you're like yeah. oh, i have no idea what the dude, fuck I'm total doing. humble pie when i went out there i'm like dude I'm, I'm i'm a ninja right you know what i mean i got this Dude. Like, no dude, idea. You sit no in trees. Yeah, the animal's like, you sit in trees, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, we can see you. What are you doing? Dude? Yeah. We, we were watching just like, That's exactly right. how mule deer are, and all of a sudden they just hop away. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're like, shit, they're fucking 10 hey, miles away. We're flatlanders. we we got a lot to learn about <laughs> we the do. West. We do. Yeah. And I got yeah. a whole lot of humble pie being served to me oh, in my the gosh. future. Hey, humble pie is it's what makes you go back and kill Make sure there's a scoop of yeah, vanilla right. ice cream on top of that. Well, and you know, like... And, and that kind of started that whole thing of, like, wanting to chase different animals and stuff. And it kind of, like I said, you learn more to keep your yeah. fresh. This year, um, in August, I'm going to Canada on my first black bear hunt. I've oh, never nice. done that nice. before. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. And, I got to uh, do that, man, soon. I, that's, that's on my, my bucket list. I'll be honest. The, there's one thing about it that I'm struggling with, um, and it's the bait. I hear you. That's I hear you, it, it, you but know, it's so thick up there. How else do you hunt them? Right. I mean, that's how you centralize them. And and, and you'd be like our boy Clinton Casper. Like two, three weeks ago, he was in Montana trying to spot and stock. But he's like, dude, the success rate's like five percent. Yeah. Right. Like it's almost impossible. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like you know, when in Rome, you know. I mean, that's what happens. That's what you do. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they bait and um, and and I thought about it like the baiting, the baiting, the baiting. Like what bothers me? This may sound really cheesy and corny. Mm-hmm. 
the thing, obviously the bait is an issue, but it's the aspect of the bait. Like, I hear you. When I go into the woods and I see beautiful trees and, and I see a forest floor and stuff like that, and you know, you see decaying leaves and you mm-hmm. see moss and all that. Yep. That's what we love, right? That's what we love to see. How shitty is it when you see this big blue barrel <laughs> in the middle of the woods? Because it looks like a dump site. I hear you. you it know? does. It does. Like, it's human interaction. So you didn't grow up in the public parks that I did. <laughs> because <laughs> Steve has no issue yeah. hunting bears over bears. Oh, dude, I grew up in the city. I'm like, yeah, dude, shoot those fuckers, man. Dude, All you the have, flies you probably have so there. much in common with a big black bear. Oh, probably, dude. I just eat trash. Uh, people <laughs> universally hate me. Um, you like to live in a dumpster? Yeah, I like to live in a dumpster. And then occasionally, like, some really cute girl's going to defend me, but then she's going to get attacked by me, and she's gonna be like, I ah, kill them all. It <laughs> yeah. sucks, dude. The life of a black bear. I get it. Well, and it's, I get it. you know, and, and the other part of, you know, going to places like that is like the fly fishing. Fly yeah. fishing is something I'm, I'm teaching myself to do this year. Cool. Um, yeah. Just next week, um, I head out to the, uh, to the Utah tax shoot with Prime. And then um, the guys from Prime and Jason Matzinger and Soholt and I, we're all getting together and we're jumping on Sam's public land bus and we're fly fishing through Idaho. Oh, awesome. Uh, hitting all public waters. And then we're going to end up in Big Sky. And doing oh, the big sky attack shoot. Um, bring some moose drill back with you, will you? See, we'll, what's, what's that? Bring some moose drill back with you. Okay. From big sky and when brewing. you say tax shoot, right. yeah. it's total archery challenge, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. Total archery, uh, total archery challenge. I want to do one. Get my ass handed to I was up in Decor last weekend, and they, they're big fly fishermen up there. Uh huh. And okay. I went, they have guides everywhere, and I'm like, I told my wife, I'm like, if we come up here again, I'm doing it. I'm buying a guide. I don't give a shit because yeah. I've never done fly fishing before. That's awesome. It's always been bass fishing captain. Well, and I know nothing about it. I mean, I've seen the movie A River Runs Through It. That's my education of fly fishing. <laughs> That's totally. mine too. And I called a there's a there's a fly fishing company and I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of the company, but um I called them, I found them online. It's the first one, you know, they must mm-hmm. pay Google AdWords the most. So they came up top and I called them and I said, Hey bro, I've seen the movie, a river runs through it, um, but I'm gonna go do some fly fishing and I wanna try it. I, I, it's something new. So I'm like, all I know is 10 and 2, and Brad Pitt really knows how to cast, you know, do <laughs> and, his and, thing. And waiters in a vest. Right. That's right. all I know. And, uh, no, dude, I'm, I remember I got laid off, so I'm just going in sandals and shorts, you know. Right. Like, I can't afford waiters. So um, a real good friend of mine, Kobe, owns this uh, Rise Fishing Company, and um, he built me a custom, you know, fly rod in his shop. And I'm like, that's cool. I'm like, I have a fly rod built from my friend. You but know you don't know how to use it. I don't know how to use it, but you got to start somewhere, you <laughs> right. know what I mean? So. Right. Um, so he sent it to me and I'm taking it out for the first time. And, um, again, I mean, it's not a me too thing. I'm going on a fly fishing trip. I'm going to Canada. Awesome. Like, I, so I want to have the whole experience. Oh, right? For yeah. sure. I mean, I want to catch some of these things and that's awesome. Dude. I'll probably suck at it. I'm actually pretty hey, confident. I'll suck. Man, at it. I hope so, dude. Hey, go kill a Boone and Crockett <laughs> black bear for us. Do yeah. it. We'll do it. I like it. I feel, like a, I feel like a trout. I feel like a part two is coming after you. Oh, uh, dude, there's like, we, we don't even call it part two. There's just is more just, podcasts. It's just, on the way. This is the introduction. So there this is just your introduction. Like we're on episodes. Yeah. 300 something. This would be part 812, right? Three. There you go. All right. Hell yeah. Well, here it is. Episode 312. What I'm going to do, we're going to do a round table of something positive and how we're going to close it out. And we're going to start with Eric. You're going to start with me? All right. We'll start with Steve. (coughs) Shit. My positive is that um, you came all the way down here and podcasted with us. I feel really inspired to go out there and do something great. Um, Plus, you said you got inspired to fish off a. you know, movie. So uh-huh. I feel like I don't feel like such a piece of shit when I get inspired. 
off a movie. Like, I watched The Green Mile, dude, and I'm like, dude, I'm inspired to help people. There you go. Well, you ever uh, seen The Green Mile, have you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Wait, who hasn't seen <laughs> John Coffee? Have you seen the <laughs> Yeah, Green Big Mile? John Coffee. No. Oh <laughs> you never say, all right, yeah, dude, all right. I've seen it a million times. I slid times. that to two out of three. All right, thank you. Times. Yeah, I'm uh, happy. Something positive, uh, a refreshing group of guys in the hunting industry. Uh, I'll be honest, the last couple of weeks I've been in this like kind of a funk where I'm like, oh, what is going on with the hunting industry? So it's refreshing to sit down with a group of guys right. that Thank you, man. are keeping it real. So I appreciate, appreciate that. Well, I appreciate good? you saying that. that. Saying? Yep. And my, right. my big leaving, my, my tip to leave everybody is you've got, everybody's got 24 hours a day. Make the most out of it. Absolutely. Yep. My something positive would be set your goal and do whatever it takes to achieve it. So if it's that, that Pope and Young 125 flat even buck that you want, that classic eight point that you see in Illinois, whether or not you think you should or should not shoot it, and that's what you want to do, you should shoot it. No matter what uh, online says you should or should not do, or what you think you should or should not do because of online influence. That's my something positive. I think my something positive is, Johnny, I, I want to thank you because uh, – I think your old man, my old man, was the same person. Cut from the same cloth. You guys kinda, actually, we actually, yeah, you guys look the same. We, we kind of ra- were raised the same way, yeah. you know, thinking about, hey, how can you make this better? What can you do to better yourself? You know, work your ass off, do the same thing. So yep. I just want to thank you. To It's kind of refreshing to see someone else in that same perspective. Yeah, no doubt. I appreciate way, that. Document it. Two cheap fucks just met each other. <laughs> right. Right. Eric's the cheapest dude I know. He's always like, I'm like, dude, what kind of shoes are those? He goes, Nine bucks at Target. Walmart, you know Walmart, yo. Oh, it's Walmart? Walmart. My Jeez. wife makes fun of my, like, if I go to Walmart, she's like, hey, can you go to Walmart, pick up, you know, something. And it'll be, like, one of those monthly things, like, you got to pick up, like, a big pack of toilet paper or whatever. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, And then as I'm walking from the toilet paper aisle to the cashier's thing, I'm like, ooh, $4 cargo shirts. Hell, yeah. <laughs> $4 cargo yeah. shirts. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I'm, all right. I'm all just, about it. We just did I not more, call that? We just I became that. best friends. I yeah. patterned these two bucks, dude. Yeah. These two bucks are dead. I patterned you guys, and my dumbass did it. <laughs> Eric's like, so, ooh, plastic Velcro shoes. Mine. <laughs> yeah. Bingo. Have better tactics, guys. Do you guys. have Don't those get in caught a size 11? Don't <laughs> yeah. so get caught up in the short. Sick. Some walks. Off-brand Crocs. They're mine. They're Walmart. They're walks. That's how big bucks die, dude. They get old, and they get cheap. That's how big bucks die. That's a perfect way to close this podcast. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.